When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. People start running, telling me to run. It's just a terrifying experience. That breaking news, terrifying moments on campus. A student describes the panic caused by a gunman on the loose. Three people were killed and five others injured at Michigan State University. Our nation dealing with yet another mass shooting. Investigators said the gunman is a 43-year-old man with no known connection to the university. This truly has been a nightmare that we are living tonight. It's a horror in New York City, not with a gun, but with a car. A man goes on a violent and it turns out deadly rampage with a U-Haul truck. Crews towing away that truck that caused so much chaos and bloodshed in Brooklyn. Several new developments to tell you about, including when one of the victims hit by that truck died. At this time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. When it comes to these higher altitudes, are America's borders secure? The president uh, takes, uh, as I said, Earlier, he takes uh, our national security uh, seriously. He has no higher responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. And a very, very happy Valentine's Day, New York City. 6.04 on your Valentine's Day Tuesday morning. Back here on Sid and Friends. In the morning, Jim Brickman, Martina McBride, Valentine. Today's uh, today's that day. A lot of you guys are going to do it right. And you're going to enjoy a beautiful night with your significant other. And a lot of you guys and girls are going to screw this thing up. And not hear the end of it until... 365 days from now. The choice is yours. You can, you know, treat it so my friend, oh, it's a, it's a hallmark day. I don't want to, it doesn't mean anything. So you do it that way, and that's great. And then when she bitches and complains tonight, then you'll have to deal with it. Me personally, I dive right in. Candies, flowers, cards, whatever it is, I don't care. Spa treatments, whatever it is, it, it is what it is, right? It's a hallmark day. We got it. Uh, you know, you'd rather not do it. I get it, but it, it's here. So uh, today's a day, and we all have somebody we love somewhere, somebody. So why not uh, enjoy the day? So with that said, the cast is ready to go. Andrew Giuliani back for a second consecutive day. Justin Ellick is back from Costa Rica. 
You've got uh, Lou Rafino in Macedonia, Phil. So let me start with you, Andrew. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Sid, and more importantly, happy, happy Valentine's Day to Danielle. And thank you. Of course, I probably should have said the first woman there. Happy right. Valentine's Day to my beautiful wife. <laughs> yeah. See, Javilla. you're not going to hear the end of that one. You gave Danielle <laughs> top billing ahead of your own I'm wife. I'm in trouble. You, you <laughs> mentioned screwing up for 365 days. Yeah. Bang. It's not even 6.07, and I screwed it up already. <laughs> well, Danielle and I had a great night last night. I do want to get to this right off the bat because the 7 o'clock hour, two guests today will be talking a lot about uh, last night, one being Curtis Sliwa back in studio at 7.05, the other Bo Deedle coming on at 7.40. And as I've told you for weeks and weeks, finally, after shooting this movie, Gemini Lounge, out in Los Angeles last March, and staying, Andrew, at the very lovely Beverly Hills Hotel, the uh, the movie was here and at a really nice theater, the Dolby Theater on 54th and like uh, 8th Avenue, maybe no, 6th Avenue. Uh, we had a nice crowd last night. Uh, we had some uh, friends of mine show up. Frank Catania, Real Housewives of New Jersey, his girlfriend Brittany, my buddies uh, Johnny and Ricky from the buyout bars all over New York City. Curtis Lewa was there as well, me and Danielle, and all these great actors. Danny A., who wrote, produced, directed, and he's the main star, Roy DeMeo, mm-hmm. in the movie. Jake Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale's son, he plays Chris Rosenberg. He's outrageous. He's so good. Kyle there last night, me. And it was an unbelievable event. And I have to say this, this movie is really very, very similar to Goodfellas. It's narrated like Ray Liotta did by Emil Hirsch, who's a great young actor, once upon a time in Hollywood. He's done other movies, and he's a star of the movie. He plays the cop Bobby. Danny A plays um, Roy DeMeo. Mm. Bo Deedle, who's great in the movie, plays the police captain, that allows Bobby to infiltrate this bar and the Gambino family. And the movie is exciting. The movie is action-packed. And it's a true story yeah. about a Brooklyn bar. So, especially here in New York, how many people, Andrew, have said to me over the, oh, I know that place, Flatlands Avenue. I grew up in Canarsie. All my friends went to that place. I knew Patty Testa. I knew Joey Testa. I know Anthony. I know all these guys, not just Curtis Sliwa. Mm-hmm guys on the street and now to see it in a motion picture is just incredibly yeah. surreal and and of course the movie is about 20 minutes old i'm sitting there with danielle and my son gabriel not necessarily the right movie for a 14 year old but <laughs> but my, my son has seen he worse he's mature beyond his years yes he too, is though. gabe is so about 20 minutes in he walks into the bar the lead character emil hirsch bobby and there behind the bar is me and the very, very popular Lucy Hale, yeah. who's got 25 million followers on Twitter. 25 million for her roles in Pretty Little Lies. Her role, I should say. And Gabriel was like this. He pointed. He's like, his mouth open, like, oh, my God, that's my dad. <laughs> that's my dad. And what's cool is, in the movie, they kind of stop it, and they narrate, that's Joe Guglielmi. They called him Dracula. Roy DeMeo's cousin. And they go, not exactly the warm and fuzzy type, <laughs> and I'm not. My character doesn't say a heck of a lot, but he's brutish. And for some reason, I know it's working out quite a bit back then, and even Frank Catania made this point, I look huge. Yeah. Like really intimidating, really big, veiny, muscular. So that's what uh, Danny A wanted. He wanted the guy to look like he can kick some ass. Again, not a lot of lines, so not nearly as big a role as Danny or Bo or Emil or any of these folks. But I'd say uh, you see me about six or seven different scenes in the movie, 
and for my first movie ever, it was pretty amazing, yeah. bro. Did Gabe say anything to you afterwards? You know, I remember seeing my mother on the big screen. She was in bunch of movies, The People vs. Larry Flint. I always say oh, she was a great movie. I, I would always say she was the only woman who didn't take her clothes off in The People vs. <laughs> yeah. Larry Flint when I say that. Probably so. Ra- Ransom. Uh, was a, that, was a, uh, that was Woody Harrelson and Courtney Love. Yeah. Oh, Ransom with... Um, Ransom with Mel Gibson. She yes. played a reporter in that. She actually had a really a pretty big role. I think it was one of the biggest roles in uh, The People vs. Larry Flint. She played Ruth Stapleton Carter, who was uh, Jimmy Carter's sister, as a matter of fact, who tries to evangelize yeah. uh, uh, Woody Harrelson, Larry, yeah. Larry Flint in yeah. this. Uh, my father was in the out-of-towners, uh, anger management, and I remember seeing my parents at different times on the big screen and thinking, oh, my good, even with you know all the notoriety they had, how cool it was. Yeah. Did Gabe say anything to you, how cool it was to see his father on the big screen? Yeah, no, he, he definitely did. But I, I saw his reaction when it first happened. He was, wow. Yeah. And then after the movie was over, I said, how cool was that? And he said, just that. It was pretty cool, Dad, to see you there on on the screen. I've I've been talking about it for the better part of a year. Mm -hmm. And this is going to come out, and Daddy's going to be on the big screen, and blah, blah, blah. So, A, his reaction was priceless. Mm -hmm. And B, to your point, he did say something, which is kind of cool. Did you know beforehand when in the movie you would come in? No idea. So it could have been end of the movie, could have been beginning. No idea. I had never seen the movie. I saw a three-minute trailer. That was it. And they used that three-minute trailer, Andrew, to sell the movie. And they sold Gemini Lounge to Vertical Entertainment, the same distribution company that had the Lansky movie, Mm The Al Capone movie, the Gotti movie with Travolta and DeMeo. So they're going to distribute this movie all over the world. Yeah. It'll be in movie theaters everywhere come June. So I saw the trailer. That was it. But what's funny is I remember shooting all those days. And I remember the outfits. So when I saw Jake Cannavale, a.k.a. Chris uh, Rosenberg, walk into the Gemini Lounge, I go, I remember that outfit. Right. So I had a feeling I was going to be seen. I didn't say anything about 20 minutes in. And sure enough, he walks in. And there's me and Lucy Hale. Very so. perceptive, by yes. the way. I mean, to have yes. that memory right there, that's pretty good. I, guess. I don't think I remember that. Sometimes I just forget details sometimes, and my wife uh, does not like that, speaking of Valentine's Uh-oh. Day and wives. Uh-oh. I'm Uh-oh. not the best Uh-oh. at details. Not the best at details. Well, talking Sorry, about man. details, as we're talking about Gemini Lounge, and once again, both Curtis Sliwa and Bo Deedle were there last night. Bo plays a great role in the movie. They'll talk about it next hour. Details, uh, you're on your way to South Florida. Yes. You're going to see President Trump in a couple of days. Yep, I'll see him Thursday night. Elise Stefanik, who is the uh, uh, the chairwoman of the House Republican Caucus uh, and uh, a young member of Congress here from the state of New York, a great conservative warrior, as uh, we like to call her, um, and somebody who may be discussed as a vice presidential candidate potentially for President Trump. So I'm looking forward to this. It'll be good. It'll also be good to get... Uh, Z down, as as many yeah. of you know, she had surgery uh, a little over two weeks ago. Has dealt with a lot of pain. It'll be nice to get her down into the warm weather where she can recover for a couple of weeks. So I'll go back and forth, as I told you, in a couple of weeks. I'll also be going to Johnny Damon's Celebrity Golf Classic. That's awesome. For some reason, playing as a celebrity there. I don't know why. They must not be able to find enough celebrities. So I'm coming into play. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll I'll be back, uh, and they'll be back for good the beginning of March. That sounds great. Yeah. All right, we got some uh, tragic stories in the news last night. The shooting at Michigan State University. 43-year-old guy killed three people. No one has any idea why he did it. Yeah. But the one that's more local, of course, in Brooklyn yesterday, some guy in a U-Haul truck driving in Bay Ridge, and he screamed, shoot me, I'm not stopping, as man in truck strikes eight in deadly mowdown. They're calling it the rampaging U-Hell in Brooklyn. I believe one person died. As far as I know, Macedonia Bill, we still don't have a motive 
for the guy with the U-Haul truck in Brooklyn either, do we? I don't think so. No. What do you know? uh, He was a homeless guy, this guy, I think 62 years old, uh, and he had no prior arrests in New York, but in 2015, he stabbed his brother in Nevada. So was arrested in jail in Nevada, got out. Mm. Um, You know, I, uh, I, I, it just sounds like another homeless guy who has... Gone completely crazy. And funny you some, say I don't crazy. know how we got a U-Haul truck. No, no, it's funny you say crazy because yesterday I had Gary Jenkins on this show. Mm-hmm. Gary Jenkins has spent the last 36 years working for the city, mm-hmm. both with the, the HRA department and uh, DSS. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's kind of the guy that Eric Adams, the mayor, put in charge of the homeless. And I said, listen, good or bad, some of these people are crazy. And he didn't like that I used the word crazy. He said, listen, Sid, I don't know about crazy. I said, no, no, no. They're crazy. I was on the train They're this crazy. morning. Right. I saw some lady I'm yelling sorry, at herself Eric. for 20 minutes. They're effing yeah. crazy. Yeah. You changing the language and changing what we're calling them is not actually going to change and help the problem. I agree. So yeah. you know, we can dance around what you want to call it, but these people need help. They're crazy. They're in, unstable. Whatever yep. you want to say, let's actually get them the help they need and get them off the subways, get them off the streets because it's not fair to them and it's not fair to all the people that are paying tax. It's not fair to the mothers right. and the kids that are going out there that have to go by these No, people. that's what I said, and I repeated, no, they are crazy, Gary. I hate to say it there, but they are crazy. And I'm glad you did that because yeah. it's absolutely right. And sometimes City Hall needs a little pushback on it. That's right. Good job. Now, the uh, police commissioner, Keechan Shul, she commented on this crazy person in Brooklyn driving through people in a U-Haul truck. Let's, uh, let's get to these, Lou Rapino. This is the police commissioner, cut number eight. The early details are as follows. At approximately 10.50 this morning, officers responded to a single male driving a U-Haul truck in the Bay Ridge area of Brooklyn. The vehicle struck a number of people, ultimately being stopped here near the entrance to the Battery Tunnel into Manhattan by our highway patrol units. We are still constructing the events. This information is preliminary and subject to change as we continue to learn more. Right now, reportedly, we have eight people struck. Two are in critical condition, two are in serious condition, and four sustained minor injuries. Seven of those people are civilians. One of them is a police officer who is taking police action during this incident. You know, over the years, we've seen examples of people using trucks in deadly terror attacks, you go back to Nice. That was the big one on Bastille Day many years ago. And uh, that animal killed a bunch of folks, including a beautiful American father and son, baseball uh, dad and son out of New Jersey. And then, of course, you go back to here in New York City, Halloween yeah. on West Street. Mm-hmm. So it's not the first time we've seen somebody with a car or a truck kill people. And usually we kind of uh, correlate that with a terror attack. Right. So she had to comment on that, too. This is Police Commissioner Shul, cut number 10, on whether or not this was an act of terror. Cut number 10. That, that is nine, nine. nine. I'm sorry. Nine. nine. I'm sorry. Nine. Yeah. Right. That was my Bernie moment. This time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. However, as always, we will continue to investigate this incident with the full resources of the NYPD and our partners. What we saw today is a clear example why every moment of every day, the NYPD must be prepared for every possibility. I want to thank our NYPD officers, our partners in law enforcement for jumping into action this morning. 
If anyone has any information that may aid in this investigation, we encourage you to contact us at 1-800-577-TIPS. You may do so anonymously. And I'll tell you, it is Valentine's Day, and we started off this show by exchanging pleasantries, and Andrew and his gorgeous wife, Z, me and my beautiful wife, Danielle. Lou, you want to uh, say something nice to MJ, or just forget about it? I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't need to. Yeah, no, you need uh, to. No, you need no, to, bitch. No, no trust me. No, <laughs> yeah, I know you, you do. If you, if you knew, yeah, this is what I received. Yeah, yeah. do not. Don't you dare. Yeah. buy flowers. You see, this today. is where. This uh, is where. Listen, okay, you're gonna listen. No, no, because okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. Fine. As soon as your girlfriend or wife or significant other or gumara. Tells you, don't buy me flowers. You know what that means? I, buy her flowers. I didn't finish my statement, no, but that's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> don't you dare F- buy flowers. Which means buy and buy. Okay. Well, yeah, then that's you, it. You finish it. No, it doesn't matter. Once she says, don't you buy him, that means. You insulted her by not letting me finish my statement. Well, I'm sorry not to insult you. Yeah, oh, okay. Finish it. Now okay. it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not, don't you dare buy flowers today when the prices are so high. You get, you can get me something on another day. Yeah. She's very logical. Get, get a bottle yeah. of wine and come home. That's it. That's all you have to do. Okay, but you're still night. getting her something. Yeah, I know. Okay, that's fine. Yes. It doesn't have to be flowers. Right, but she knows she's aware of yeah. the stupidity of the holiday as well as anybody. That's how great But she, she expects is. at least a bottle of wine or something. Well, to celebrate, yeah, to celebrate. Okay, so that's today. my point. Right. Well, you, I... You, you can't not throat. do anything. You can't not do I anything. I'm recognizing, sure, okay. I'm recognizing the holiday. It's yeah. silly as it is. Flowers because, are stupid anyway. Because why don't you just do something for your significant other on any day? Oh, be quiet. We God, I, mean, because, I, just, I really want to punch uh, you across the face right now. Stupid. Well, I'm right here. I mean, I do stuff with Danielle anyway, every okay. day, but this is a day. It is what it is. We can just set up like a logical uh, holidays, which is a week after the actual holiday. So we'll celebrate Valentine's Day on February 21st. <laughs> we'll celebrate Christmas on... <laughs> On January first, we'll do the same thing with Halloween on November seventh, and we'll get prices well, half price. Well, it's be good great, with inflation. It's, it's the same deal on Mother's Day. Everybody goes into a restaurant on Sunday at one o'clock. What do you end up doing? Yeah, standing there. Perfect. For, it has been the worst day of my life for uh, years. Instead, all of a sudden, you come up with the bright idea: let's do it on Saturday. Well, I'm celebrating and now Mother's easy. Day on Father's Day, and Father's Day on July fourth, and July fourth on Labor Day. Well, you got a plan. And you, you have a great day. To yeah. your point, Lou uh, Bernie. And we are coming live from the Bernard McGurk Studios today. And, and again, I had uh, multiple conversations with his beautiful wife, Carol, yesterday. If you don't know, Bernie is a grandfather up in heaven. His son, Brendan, had little Colin Bernard McGurk a couple of days ago, nine pounds and three ounces. So the uh, McGurk family is celebrating even as they continue to feel the pain of Bernie's loss. But he would do that, Louis, every holiday. He'd be like, if this holiday comes out on a Saturday... I'm not going to celebrate on a Saturday. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. And anytime there was a holiday during the week, he would never, ever, ever celebrate during the week. He would wait till the weekend. I'd be like, but Bernie, it's over at that point. He goes, I don't care. I'm, just, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit like Louis said with a bunch of people and, and oh, stand in line I, I and st- it's been the worst days of my life standing around there. Well, we had reservations seventeen <laughs> weeks ago. We called here. Wait a second, my table's ready. 
Yeah. Phil, what are you uh, What are you doing with your imaginary girlfriend today? She yeah. doesn't live here, so nothing. No. Doesn't live here. She's anywhere. He lucked out. Yeah. Gonna FaceTime her probably. And, uh, <laughs> well, Manti Teo is living in New Orleans these days. Manti. Flowers are stupid and a waste of money. Buying anything. Listen, it's not up to you to say that. Sure it is. No, it's not. Because if the woman or, or whatever it is, it's now 2023, could be a man. If they like flowers, you buy flowers. I Doesn't guess. matter whether you think it's stupid it's or not. It's going to be stupid. Of course it is. And a week from now, they're dead. And you got to throw them out, and you go, oh, oh my God, I oh, spent oh, oh, 70 oh. bucks. But if that's, the what they, if that's what they want, oh, well, that could happen. I got too. scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't just throw them out, Sid. Yeah. You got to have like a proper burial. The OJ Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, listen, 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 9222. Again, a great guest list coming up today, starting at 7.05. He was at the Gemini Lounge screening last night, and believe it or not, loves the movie. The great Curtis Sliwa. 7.40 this morning. Oh, what a job he did in this movie. Our dear friend Bo Deedle, he was out there last night with me and Danielle and his lovely significant other, Margot. We'll also talk, coming up at uh, 9.05, to the beautiful men's fashion designer, Joseph Aboud. Joe Johnson is our Valentine's Day story today, coming up at 9.25. The beautiful Andrew Giuliani is live in studio and coming up for the last two hours today from 8 to 10. Author... And also inspirational speaker, the lovely Heather Monahan, live in studio to a lot of fun, a lot of folks. Keep it right here. Your Valentine's Day Tuesday with the number one show in New York City. That's me, that's us. Sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Is Sid and friends in the morning from our friends. Seventy-seven WABC. Merchant 10,000 Maniacs Candy, what they want at 627 on your Valentine's Day Tuesday morning. Happy Valentine's Day. And of course, we've got our own Deb Valentine working here today, every day doing the news. Bobby Valentine, great New York Met manager. And there is some Met news, which I guess Boomer Esiason broke yesterday. I'm not even sure. But Keith Hernandez is coming back three more years on SNY for my money. No disrespect to Michael Kay and the rest of these guys. The best baseball booth in the business is the three-man booth on SNY. Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling. And Keith re-signed yesterday for three years with the New York Mets. So um, good old Mex there. The great number was, 17 coming it, back. It was a hard negotiation. It was. I heard. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he wanted, was, he was he wanted, being a prick. Yeah, he wanted more money. Wanted yeah. more, and they were hesitating. 
Every so. every time I hear Keith Hernandez, I just hear Wayne Knight Newman's voice. <laughs> Keith Hernandez, he yeah. ruined our day. I tried Seinfeld. <laughs> I, I actually had a great night right across the street at Smith and Walensky's with Keith Hernandez and David Cohen. There's a group, a good friend, good friends of mine that meet called Wally Wednesdays. They go not every Wednesday, but at one point they did. And uh, it was actually right before we found out that Keith had hurt himself. That day before, he was out with David Cohen late into the night. I'm sure. What a nice guy. Too. Oh, yeah. Keith what a is a great guy. guy. Yeah. He was in studio with me and Bernard uh, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. His book came out. So was David when his yep. book came out. They're both uh, terrific guys. So congratulations, SNY, keeping Keith with Gary and Ron. And I'll tell you what, Super Bowl is over. And Gary Perone, who was one of the guys that runs the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, mm-hmm. our baseball yep. team, very exciting year number two coming up. Homer Bush, the former Yankee, the new manager. John and Margot Katsimatidis have built a beautiful stadium there on Staten Island. And Gary Perone actually tweeted right after the game was over, the Super Bowl is over. The Super Bowl is basically MLB's New Year's Eve. Because mm-hmm. once that's over, we dive right in. And sure enough, this morning in today's New York Post, 14-page pullout. Spring training baseball. <laughs> They're, ready They're to go. previewing the NL East, the AL East, the Mets, the Yankees, the 50 most powerful people in baseball. 14 pages of baseball with spring training a couple of weeks, which probably means the warm weather is on its way here. Well, that's especially true now more than ever. Like, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, Super Bowl would be around my birthday, the end of January, yes. right? because you wouldn't have the week in between, and now they've added the extra game. Now we're talking about February 14th, so February 12th when the Super Bowl was, when you're looking at pitchers and catchers, basically, I think starting next week. Next at this week. Point. So, yes. yep. yeah, this is really right on the heels of when spring training starts. Let's do it. Should be a very exciting baseball year. It was last year. Remember, the Yankees got up to that unbelievable start. Yeah. They were like 40 and 10, <laughs> and the Mets were in first place basically forever. I think it could be the same this year. Both teams should be very, very good. Mets and Yankees, and as Andrew pointed out, spring training about a week away. Another big story outside of the shooting at Michigan State and that crazy U-Haul driver in Brooklyn on a national level. A lot of folks signed that letter that said that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. One of the folks that signed that letter was a guy named James Clapper, and he's insisting now that despite saying he did before, that he did not sign that letter. What's the real deal, Andrew? Well, James Clapper was Obama's former national dire- former director of national intelligence, and basically, Clapper claimed that Politico uh, actually distorted what these intelligence chiefs were trying to say. The exact quote that was in the letter that fifty one of these quote intelligence chiefs, which I think Biden said in the debate that they were these intelligence chiefs had said was quote has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation, end quote. Now, that does two things, right? First, it gives the Biden campaign and media enough to discredit it. Remember, the Biden campaign and the media are one and the same. And Biden did that in his second debate with Trump where he said, hey, we had 51 of these chiefs that said it's Russian disinformation. But the second thing it does, by wording it that way, it actually protects their asses from congressional subpoena. What I mean by that is... Look, we came very close. Republicans came very close in 2020 to winning the House back. They knew that they were going to have to go, whether it was in two months, whether it was in two years, four years. 
and actually defend this to Congress. What it does by saying has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation is it suggests it so that way the media and the campaign can go and run with it. This is the swamp at its finest, and it's what I think people hate the most about Washington, D.C., certainly what I hate the most. All right, Andrew, traffic is uh, coming up next again. Big hour next hour, Curtis Sliwa, 705, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, 725, and the great Bo Deedle, my man, Every indication you're coming up for- at 740. Also, traffic is coming up next. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from Cats at Night. Our guy, John Katsimatidis. What a terrific show. 5 p.m. every weekday. Here he's talking with Nick LaLota about the House Armed Services Committee being kept in the dark over the Chinese balloons. There's always a certain amount of suspicion, but it seems like there's more more now than than usual yeah and i think what begets that suspicion is the lack of communication that why isn't the president on the tv telling the american public what's going on why isn't dod telling hap why isn't homeland telling the homeland security committee i think the lack of communication breeds more of these things and i hope that our planners are doing the right things i hope the folks who are on the radars and on the airplanes are doing the right things but Unless they share that information with Congress and the American people, there's going to be more and more suspicion as we move forward. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. My love, there's only you in my life. City 640 on your Tuesday morning. Lionel Richie and Shania Twain redoing the Lionel Richie, Diana Ross classic Endless Love. You know, it's unfortunate, but uh, this day is also mired in some pretty nasty history. I mean, you go all the way back to the 30s, I guess. It was the 30s. When you had the Valentine's Day Massacre. I know you remember that. What was the exact date of that? I want to say maybe 39. I I have the the anniversary page here in front of me. It was... um, 1929, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, four men dressed as police officers enter gangster uh, gangster Bugsy Moran's headquarters, North Clark Street in Chicago. The seven of Moran's henchmen up against the wall, every one of them shot to death. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre, 
But um, more recently, in fact, just five years ago, we had one of the most senseless and worst tragedies, I believe, in the history of this country on this day, Valentine's Day, down in Parkland, Florida. And if you've got, it uh, sounded like this. Lewis, this is cut number 10. This day, Valentine's Day, five years ago today, this was the scene in Parkland, Florida. We are coming on the air at this hour with news of a school shooting in South Florida. This took place in Parkland, Florida at Douglas High School. We have been watching students coming out of that high school, their hands in many cases uh, in the air. Also, heavy tactical teams are on the ground. At 2 in the afternoon, gunshots ring out in this South Florida high school. Terrified students hiding in classrooms during the gunman's rampage. The shooter reportedly first pulled a fire alarm to get more students out of the classroom, maximizing potential victims. Hours go by, students finally reuniting with their families, friends. And by the evening, we learn the toll. 17 dead, at least 14 injured. And more about the alleged shooter, a former student, Nicholas Cruz, who stole so much from so many. So that was five years ago today. And in fact, at the uh, sentencing, Nicholas Cruz, who was really impressed with the work that he did that day, that, uh, that horrible work, he actually did apologize. So this was Nicholas Cruz, the Parkland shooter, apologizing during his sentencing, Lurapino cut number 11. I am very sorry for what I did, and I have to live with it every day. And that if I were to get a second chance, I would do everything in my power to try to help others. And I am doing this for you, and I do not care if you do not believe me. And I love you, and I know you don't believe me, but I have to live with this every day. And it brings me nightmares, and I can't live with myself sometimes, but I try to push through because I know that's what you guys would want me to do. I hate drugs, and I believe this country would do better if everyone would stop smoking marijuana and doing all these drugs and causing racism and violence out in the streets. I'm sorry, and I can't even watch TV anymore. And I'm trying my best to maintain my composure, and I just want you to know I'm really sorry. And I hope you give me a chance to try to help others. If, you, if I believe it's your decision to decide where I go and whether I live or die, not the jury's, I believe it's your decision. I'm sorry. So what struck me was that animal, Nicholas Cruz, said twice, I have to live with this every day. And as a pretty decent man and a taxpaying American, that's my issue. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't be living with this every day. He should be dead. Bingo. And I don't know how anybody in this world, and I don't, you know, the religion, Jesus, God bless you. God bless you. That man should have been put to death already, whether it's Sarnev who's still somewhere in some jail after blowing up people at the Boston Marathon seven years ago, or this animal. you got to kill these people. you got to kill them. He doesn't deserve to breathe the same air that those victims' families breathe. Uh, You know, I thought this privately for a long time, uh, but and this is going to sound very radical. Um, If you talk about how you can actually stop this, um, I think in many ways the death penalty is not enough. Right. Um, And not that I'm actually proposing this, um, but how would you stop this? But potentially inflicting and knowing that you can inflict 
real physical pain on these people that, that would do this. I would not be opposed to somebody like this who's an animal, who's a monster like this, actually being tortured. No, Actually, me too. Uh, that sounds too. medieval. No, no it but, doesn't. But the truth is, what they did to those parents, they will be tortured right. every single day, every single moment for the rest of their lives. And so, when you talk about killing kids like this, the way that he did, the other dis- utter disregard for life, you've tortured those family members. Of course. And if you want to talk about preventing it, if somebody knows that they would be tortured for doing something like that, feeling that kind of pain for yeah. hours and hours and hours on end, uh, you might actually prevent it. See, I disagree. I don't think it'll deter these people from doing it, but I don't care. Yeah. I want an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. I want blood. I don't want to see this kid crying, getting clothed, eating meals. So even if it doesn't deter the person from doing it, at least let these families enjoy some revenge. And don't tell me revenge isn't sweet. So it may stop one or two people, but if it doesn't, allow these families to enjoy some revenge. Some are very religious. They don't want that. They, they, they forgive everybody. God bless you. If your heart is that big, you've got that in your soul. Mm-hmm. I know for me, if God forbid something happened to my kid, I'd want this kid dead yesterday. Yeah. Not tomorrow, yesterday. Yeah. So I'm with you. Torture them, kill them, do whatever you want. I don't want to see these people on television crying and talking about, I'm sorry, because the truth is... They're not. Yeah. They're not. It's, it, you know, it, it is, uh, man, it, it's so tough to hear uh, yeah. those gunshots and just think as, as a father now, it's it gives you different perspective. Of course. And don't forget, I've got kids in high school at that yeah. time. Yeah. Ava was in high school. Yeah. I mean, Gabriel was only in the eighth grade now. I mean, thank God Gracie's still a baby, yeah. but I, I had kids in high school. You know, I, I remember. Who went to high school in Florida in Boca Raton, less than 10 miles away from Parkland. Yeah. I remember uh, some of those families coming in shortly after to the White House. Uh, and, you know, President Trump's certainly not a very emotional guy, but that was the closest I ever saw him yeah. to showing and, and, and seeing the real emotions that uh, that mm. those families had and really feeling that. Yeah. One other story that is not getting enough press, I don't believe, is 11 days ago in the great state of Ohio, where Lou actually met MJ. Not, not many people know this, but it's a true story. Is that true, Lou? It is very little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> Better so known now. Known <laughs> 11 days ago in the great state of Ohio, there was a train derailment. And now there is this genuine fear that there were some chemicals, toxins, that were released during this train derailment that can cause some real issues. Now, Pete Buttigieg is the transportation secretary, and he's one of the names we keep hearing as a real, uh, as a real uh, candidate, I guess coming up in 2024 on the Democrat side, and he's out there talking about balloons, and he's out there talking about supply chain issues. But we've heard nothing from Pete Buttigieg about a train derailment, which may in fact have allowed chemical toxins out in the open space here in Ohio. Where is Pete Buttigieg with something like this? Well, Sid, it's not his fault. He's still on paternity leave. No, he's actually off now. Oh, he's off? Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's news to me because it was a very long paternity leave. Well, here's how I know because he was on TV yesterday, and you would think, Andrew Giuliani, he would address chemical toxins, 11 days Ohio. Instead, he's talking about balloons and airline cancellations. Here he is, Lewis. Pete Buttigieg, cut number seven. It's had its challenges. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, 
partly because of the pandemic. We've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, <laughs> funny. Right. Funny, right? Yeah. Moron. Chinese spy balloons. Yeah. And, and Collecting more, information. Yeah, coming yeah. across the United States of America. Literally, yeah. the whole United States of America for eight days. And you're joking, joking. about that. Not just America, but the whole world. But yes, yes we'll care about it here. So, and pandemic he uses. So, Ron and San is a dear friend of mine. I love Ronnie. And the audience hates his guts. They want Larry Kudlow. They want Monica Crowley because he does two things. He comes on to talk about the economy. And anytime something goes wrong, he never blames Joe Biden. He never blames anybody in the in the Treasury Department ever. Janet Yellen, somebody like that. It's always two things: Putin or the pandemic, which you just heard from Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. And I want to punch Ron and Santa right across his face, which I may do one day. And up with the pandemic. Yeah. When is that going to stop, Andrew? Look, these are excuses, right? I mean, they knew what they were getting into when they took office. It's not like this pandemic ended up coming onto them the way it happened with President Trump. And they ended up killing President Trump for what I thought was a very fast and quick response, an agile response to it. Doesn't mean it was perfect. There were a lot of things that I think we could have done differently. But I do think considering uh, what had happened, how fast it all come on us, that uh, I think he did a great job. Look, he did a brand I, new one. By the way, many, 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 many more people died under Biden than Trump, and with Trump it was brand new and no vaccines. And you got to remember that. Tr Trump actually closed the border from China, closed off international travel from China in January, and Biden called him racist for doing that. So... What would what difference would the Biden administration done except for maybe allow more and more infected people into the country early on? If Pete Buttigieg was the secretary of transportation at that time, uh, it would have been a complete disaster. Oh, as God. we've seen with the shipping, as you mentioned, with the shipping crisis that we've had, with the transportation issues that we saw over uh, over uh, the holidays. So to me, this is just more incompetence out of this administration. And look, not every single problem is Biden's problem. Well, I should say not every single problem is caused by Biden. Right. But you need to have an answer that's not an excuse as the president of the United States. And instead, instead of having the buck stops here, he continues to punt it or his administration yeah. punts it to somebody else and blames the pandemic. You're right. So he exacerbates right. what uh, maybe not his problem initially. He does exacerbate mm -hmm. it. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Next three hours, a bunch of really great guests, including Curtis Sliwa. No, not including Curtis Sliwa. He's not a great guest. He's not? Well, I'm glad you played actually Endless Love because I think about the the movie Happy Gilmore yes. with Endless Love. You know, the love scene right there. <laughs> yeah. And Curtis reminds me of Happy when he, he takes does? the skate off and tries to stab you with the skate. That's I remember what that scene very well. That's I mean, he would do it to Rob Astorino. He's now supporting Rob, <laughs> Rob Astorino, Astorino instead of me. But, the know. price is wrong, bitch. Uh, Rob <laughs> Astorino reached out to me about co-hosting tomorrow. i got to get back to him at some point. Yeah. Maybe I'll get back to him on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I like Rob. I always got along no, with like Rob. No, yeah. I like him, too. I like him, too. But you and Curtis, it's bad now. This yeah, it's it. bad. It's, that's it. I mean, no. uh, you know, endless love is not so endless. We'll put it that but way. But he may not attack you today because he's really caught up in the Gemini Lounge I'm movie, sure he'll so. find a way. I'm sure you think so? Find I think so. Well, but find I out. He's going to join us at 7.05. The great Bo Deedle. He was so tremendous in the movie Gemini Lounge. He's great in every movie. And now... He's got a big announcement today. He is in a major, I mean major, show. We'll talk to Bo, his gorgeous significant other. Margot was there last night, too. We'll talk to this guy, Joe Johnson, on Valentine's Day. We'll talk to Noam Layden. 
the uh, beautiful Joseph Abood live in studio in the 9 o'clock hour. And Heather Monahan will be here from 8 to 10 as well with us, Sid Rosenberg and Andrew Giuliani. Sid and friends in the morning, only right here on this happy Valentine's Day, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Is sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. They're, 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 they're crazy. something uh, funny on this Valentine's Day as you wrap up our number one, Sid, Andrew, the whole crew. Three hours to go. Some great guests stopping by today. And Heather Monahan, the lovely Heather Monahan, the last two hours. So it was, get my math right here, 69 and 23. 92 years ago today, Lou and Andrew, 92 years ago today, the original Dracula film starring Bella Lugosi as the mysterious count is released. And why that's ironic is, once again last night, the screening of Gemini Lounge, which you'll hear both Curtis Lewa and Bo Tito talk about next hour. The character I play in the movie, real guy, by the way, not a character, real guy. Uh, his name was Joel Guglielmo, and he was actually the first cousin of Roy DeMeo, but his nickname was Dracula. Dracula. So 92 years ago, Bela Lugosi's Dracula released in the film and nearly 92 years later, Sid Rosenberg makes his motion picture debut on a screening in New York City playing a different type of Dracula, a mobster Dracula, but Dracula nevertheless. Now, I know the other day that you said when you had Danny A in studio, you said that Dracula was not tan like you are. He wasn't. Was he jacked up? I mean, was no, he? Was he no. no, he wasn't. He was a handsome guy. Okay. Very handsome guy. They're all very handsome. He yeah. was older, obviously. Right. The testers were great looking guys. But he wasn't tanned and jacked up. Mm-hmm. I'm tough, man. I'm telling you. I, yeah. I was really nervous how I was going to look behind the bar with Lucy Hale. I look like somebody you don't want to mess with. Okay. Yeah. So you'll check it out Can't for yourself. Wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We'll have a red carpet premiere, a big party in May. We'll invite all of you guys. And then, of course, set the hit theaters all over the world in June. Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, the great Bo Deedle, all that just next hour. Right here with Sid and Andrew on the Nielsen-rated number one news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's us, Sid and Friends in the Morning, Talk Radio 77, WABC.
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. You're my best friend. 77 WABC. Our hour number two of this Happy Valentine's Day Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Love is a battlefield. It's beautiful, but it's a battlefield. Uh, some birthdays today, one that will be particularly interesting to our next guest, who's usually here on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but he was bumped yesterday by John Katsimatidis celebrating Lincoln's birthday. And I had to get my uh, fill of Curtis, and he was out with me last night. I'll tell you all about it. So he's in here uh, this morning. But here's a birthday you may be interested in, Curtis. The guy that's responsible for those six bullet wounds in your stomach, according to Frank Morano, and he would know this, he was out the wedding. John A. Gotti, John Gotti Jr., celebrating a birthday. Do you want to wish John a happy birthday? F you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you guys made out at some animal thing or something with Mark Levin years ago. No, and- no, 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 make it out. Don't, don't try to... <laughs> Um, Don't try to make nice here, Sid. Uh, I know you run with these uh, gabons, these jadrules, <laughs> these knuckle draggers. Yeah. You know, because it's method acting. What I saw last night, I'm telling you, Andrew, if I uh, were um, John and Margot Katsimatidis, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know how long you're going to be for this <laughs> world of radio. I'm telling you. you. Well, there's a reason why he sits in the corner with the wall behind him right there. <laughs> Obvious, right? He doesn't want anybody sneaking up behind him. I feel what? a little nervous as an Italian with my back over here to the but, door. But let me clear up one up. thing first. Yeah. yeah. Before you do, can I read your text from last night? Of course. Because Curtis Sliwa, if you don't know, very rarely, yeah. very rarely will compliment anybody. Very rarely. It's yeah. Very rare. For anything at any time. So I got this text last night. He was at the screening with us. 10.04 p.m. I was in the, at the after party. And it reads, Gemini Lounge. That was the real deal. You and Bo were spot on. Danny A. captured Roy DeMeo. The young lady who bartended with you, that was Lucy Hale. Dracula was exactly the way their honey pots were. So a very, very complimentary text from Curtis Lewa. Well, because I grew up with these guys. I, that's Canarsie. That's my backyard. And the interesting things is both sides hated me, both the Lucases and the Gambinos, because <laughs> they, it, they'd be like trading cards. They would trade members back and forth. They all grew up with me, especially the key members of the Gemini Lounge, the Gemini Twins, Joey Testa, Anthony Centaur. So I knew them like the back of my hand. And when I saw the role played by Lucy Hale side by side with you as the bartender. Gina. Yeah. That was what a honeypot looked like. Not too overly um, done, uh, not too gorgeous, just really cute. Not huge amor- uh, mammary glands. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's right. but look like a neighborhood girl, right. you know, with chew gum. Uh, somebody named like <laughs> Angela. You know, but, but they would use these women to lure in guys into a place. They had always heard the rumors. You walk in there, you may not come out alive. And yet these guys would go for it nine times out of ten. 
And it wasn't the fact that they were coming for Roy DeMeo or Joey <laughs> Test or Anthony Santa. They had one thing on their mind. They were coming because of the honeypots. Yeah. They showed one scene last night where my friend George, and he ends up uh, getting caught up in the bathtub. He entered the bar with her. She lured him there like you're talking about. Boom, one quick gunshot to the head. Throw the plastic bag over the head so the blood doesn't get all over the place. Then stab the guy in the heart. That stops the bleeding, too. Very graphic, but yet very detailed on how you can kill somebody and minimize the amount of blood flow. Oh, yeah. And Roy DeMeo, uh, part of the many things he did, he... uh Ripped off pension funds. He went to Madison High School. Did he really? Oh, yeah. He didn't quite go with Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Bernie uh, Sanders. Bernie the Altacaca Sanders. Or, 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 or my first cousin, Norman Coleman. Or cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey, yeah. too. All four went to that, Madison that, High School. That was a great high school. Guy oh, was smart. by the way, your favorite whatever, Marty Glickman. That's right, Marty Glickman. Ah, How Marty can we Glickman. forget Marty Glickman? But the guy was smart. A uh, guy raided pension funds, stole cars. He was a butcher by trade. And, in fact, if you join the Gemini Lounge crew, he would give you your own personal cutlery. You know, like you say, oh, wow, you know, these are the kind of gifts, <laughs> you know, that, that you would see at night, you know, on the Home Shopping Network where right. Joan Rivers would say, oh, you want to have this cutlery. Uh, like the Ginzu knives. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ginzu knives. Except I had to tell uh, Heshi there that there was no kosher meeting uh, this movie whatsoever. <laughs> oh, that was nice you mentioned him, uh, Heshi Organbaum, our friend from... The old hospital there that we don't mention anymore because they turn out to be real louses. But he's still a wonderful man, yes. a great guy. And he was the guy that actually introduced me many years ago with Bo Deedle, Hessian Bo, to Danny A. At another screening, some really cute little love story Danny A. did, Curtis, many, many years ago, two years ago. That's where I met Danny A. That's where he said to me, hey, you got the look. You're going to be on the next mob movie. And sure enough, it came to fruition last night. Let me night. tell you one thing. This was not a love story. <laughs> no. no way. This was the real deal. I would say, if, because every movie is never a new movie. It's a mixture of many movies. Right. So out of the many movies that I've seen in my life, I would say it's a mixture of good a little fellas. bit of Goodfellas. Got, because you have the narration like the... Ray Liotta did and Emil Hirsch. His character was almost right. similar but to Emil Hirsch Ray. is no Ray Liotta. Let me establish that. Ray right Liotta's away. dead. I understand that. <laughs> but yeah, Goodfellas, one of the best of all time. Tried yeah. a little bit too hard as the lead character, but it was okay. Okay. And then a little bit of the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski. Yeah. yeah. Ray Liotta was also in that yes. movie. Yes. So was so was Danny A. Yes. So the point is, there, there was a merging. I could tell there was a merging of the two. First of all, Danny A. You, I'm looking at him on the screen. I said, that's Roy DeMeo. <laughs> he looked yeah. like him, right? Now, when you see him in person, because he's all shrunk down, for the role, he's all buffed up. Right. He looked spot on like yeah. Roy DeMeo, acted like Roy DeMeo. I thought it was the ghost of Roy DeMeo <laughs> up on the screen. Really great job. He, he reminds me, too, a little bit of a, of a young Al Pacino, his face. Yes. Uh, Danny A., right? Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Yeah. But I will tell you. It's too bad the Oscars this year are on March 12th at the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, Dolby Theater in Los Angeles. Jimmy Kimmel is uh, the host. Uh, that's a waste. Yeah. But I could easily have seen the nominations, actor in a supporting role, <laughs> a battle between Bo Dietl, magnificent job, this time not as a DT, detective, that undercover cop. you to compliment Bo Dietl. Absolutely. I mean, wow. But he looked like all the white shirts, the brass in the police department that busted my stones and had me locked up. I mean, he hit it spot on. But competing with him for actor in a supporting role, clearly, 
Right here, the man, Sid Rosen. Get out of here. You're just trying to get more airtime. No. You don't mean that. No, no, no. You don't no. mean that. You're trying to get on five Excuse days a week. Excuse me. You're trying Let to me tell payroll? you something. No way. Let me tell you something. This man, through method acting, totally got into the part of Dracula. And understand this, whereas at times, uh, Sid Rosenberg is tan, a little reddish. Man, Dracula was all gray. I mean, he really looked like he was coming out of, like, zombie land. And the way he handled the bar, his look, his posture, his whole way of being, man, he nailed the vampire. And oh I, didn't wanna, I didn't want to <laughs> throw him before because I knew all about Dracula. I knew all about the DeMeo crew. I didn't want to tell you that he was actually a drag queen. Yeah. That he went out one time to rob a bank in the middle of the day. He left the bar. He had a room in the back of the bar. He goes, I'll be back. And all of a sudden, he's got six-inch sack heels, nylons. He's wearing a wig, rouge, mascara. I say, hey, where are you going, Jack? He said, don't worry about it. Yeah. So he goes out. He robs a bank, but he doesn't have a car. He just walks into the bank with a gun. So he steals the car on the way out. It flips over. He's running down the street, right, dragging. He's pulling off all of his female clothing. The cops nab him. They put him in a lineup because the bank manager comes in, and the bank manage- manager points at him. How the hell you pointed me? I came in dressed as a woman. They said, <laughs> schmuck, you still got your mascara on and your lipstick. But oh, the, yeah, this guy uh, was a uh, stone-cold uh, drag queen and porno freak. I'm sure that uh, that's true. He was a porno freak. In fact, they pointed out during the movie last night, lots of those DeMeo guys love porn. I'm sure that bank manager ended up dead. But the best part about that story that Curtis just told was he tells me this. After the movie, once again, very complimentary, great job. And he says it to me right in front of my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my son, Gabriel. And what did Danielle say to you after you hear that? Well, Danielle said, she said, here. and I quote, often art imitates no, life. No, no, <laughs> Hold on. To be, was that a drag queen thing? Is to, that what that was about? To be totally perfect, you need to interrogate your wife, Danielle. Yeah. A lawyer who knows how to take the fifth, right, and hide behind <laughs> it. So she walks over to me. They're, they're, they're getting their son home. She goes, you know, I was in Patty Tester's house. I said, whoa. This is Patty true. Patty Tester's house. This is true, yes. I'm yeah. saying to myself, what the hell are you doing in yeah, Patty Tester's house? Like, Patty Tester, Joey Tester, they were great-looking guys. That's oh. not why Danielle was there. They, they were chasing skirts. <laughs> right. First of all, these guys looked like they could have been runway models. They could have been Hollywood stars. Really good-looking guys. Mm-hmm. But they got into that stealing cars, not for joyrides, because I was in for some of the joyrides. And then they parked the car, and, you know, they'd find your car, and the precinct could call you, hey, uh, uh, Mr. Bacigalup, uh, we found your Cadillac <laughs> Eldorado. <laughs> but this guy, Roy DeMail, comes up to them, right? Roy DeMail, he says, hey, what's wrong with you guys? You can make a lot of money. I got a list here. Makes and models. When you're out there at night roaming around on your joyrides, you bring this over to Avenue D. These chop shops, man, you're going to get a lot of Seattle. <laughs> so they started doing this. And now they're wearing fancy clothes. I see they're going to clubs. They become, they're chasing skirts all over. And they're doing cocaine. So I had a standoff with Roy DeMail. Right. He comes up to me and he says, Yo, yo, you ought to mind your own business. I say, and who's going to make me mind my own business? Wait, did this really happen? You and Roy DeMail yes. face to face. Give me the ear. Uh, this, I would say... Uh, this is before I get kicked out of high school. 
1972. And, so, but in that in that genre, in, in that early, time, and, and this took place outside the Gemini Lounge. No, or just on a no, street no, no, no. They rolled up on me in front of my house, right in front of your house. Yeah, I was out late at night, man. I'm pounding cans. I'm doing recycling. See, I knew Anthony Centaur because he was at the Canarsie Recycling Junkyard. <laughs> right. Yeah, and one of his uncles like was involved place. in kidnapping. That's right, Carlo Gambino's son. Right, I remember that. And two Irish guys. Yes. John Gotti Sr. gets the contract to go after the two Irish guys. He pops them in the North Shore, Staten Island. They bury them in the back so that everybody knows right there in the bar, you don't mess with Gambino, right? I don't know how this guy got off, Centaur's relative. Wow. But he's there, Canarsie Recycling, and I'm recycling before they even have the term recycling. And that's where I saw a lot of these guys. They actually admired me because I collected tons of bottles, cans, and newspapers. They never tried to recruit you because even in the movie, I know Bobby was a cop. They didn't know that, but they kind of... Once he met Chris Rosenberg, you have to admit Jay Cannavale did oh. a great job at that role. That's probably Cannavale's son. He was great. Uh, they kind of recruited him. They never tried to recruit you into the no, family. No, no, because first of all, I was too psychotic for them. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I yes. mean, he's always called, right? Sid's always calling me Psycho Boy. Yeah. Absolutely correct. You didn't want to mess with me. <laughs> so I'm dealing with my recycling. Roy the mayor rolls up. So then Elder, hey, why don't you mind your own business? Because he's trying to infect the minds of Joey Testa, Patty Testa, Anthony Santa. I said, now who's going to make me mind my own business? Whoa, 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 did really? You, did you know who he was when you said that? Oh, God, everybody knew who he was. So why would you do that? Are you stupid? Are you crazy? Well, what, what are, are you? I supposed to do? No, yes, you got to understand I would this, start sit. to cry. <laughs> sit. Sit. You were a little booker boy, a little Jewish booker boy, ready to go to Baruch <laughs> to become their account- accountant with the number two pencil, yeah. you know, to have two sets of books. They always love the Jewish guys to keep the books, right? Not to ten bar, not to be dragged. <laughs> but to be the accountant, you were destined to be their accountant, right? True. But if you took any guff, that was it. It was over for you. You were dead, yeah. You would yeah. be known as the wuss. Yeah. yeah. So they knew, first of all, they knew I was a mutt. They said, hey, he's part Italian, but what is he, Polish? What is that, Polish? <laughs> said, you morons, you got bones, it's Polish. <laughs> so what's that? I mean, we're talking real special ed guys here. <laughs> now, I liked the character that they had, Greg Finley, for Joey Tester. Wasn't he great? I mean, he nailed it. He nailed it, right? I did not like the character they had for Anthony Centaur. You didn't like that? Who I knew the best. He was the most psycho. And he's the one. Uh, Jeremy that's Luke. A, he's a, oh, Jeremy Luke. He's yeah. actually getting out of jail this year in real life. Yes, he is. Anthony. So, so uh, if he doesn't will you be like reading the, him, uh, no, if, if he doesn't like the movie, no, I told no. Danny, <laughs> Jeremy Luke. If I were you, I'd be going into the witness protection program now. Because if I'm Anthony Centaur, I'd say, what is this? Danny A. Nails, my partner, you know, the Gemini twin, Joey Testa, with this guy, Greg Finley. Notice, it's never a real Italian. Some guy named Greg Finley. And then Jeremy Luke, right? And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm saying, that's not Anthony Centaur. The guy had Brillo head, you know, just like uh, Frank Morano, right? (laughs) He's smoking big cigars. He's got glasses. I said, that's not Anthony Centaur. Now, he always smiled. And when I was teaching him stickball, right, sometimes he, he'd be a wise and I mean, hey, get that smile off your face, Andy, before I wipe it off your face. You said this. <laughs> me. I, got, yeah. I was on so, them for so two years. And you mentioned stickball because you told me this a couple of weeks ago, yes. that you actually really did teach the, this DeMeo crew, these Gemini Lounge folks, how to play stickball. Everybody played stickball. You had to play I did stickball. At PS 197, Kings Highway, and around Ocean Avenue. Remember. 
You saw me there. I did. As much as you disparage me now and yeah. you side with Sid Rosenberg and Eric <laughs> Adams in. as an Eric Adams Eric Republican. Oh, my God. Eric Adams. You yep. saw me so playing I, stickball because your father made me commissioner the, so of gotta, stickball for New York City. I got to ask. Are you going out with Rob Astorino tonight on Valentine's Day? I'm telling you, I made tonight- a big, big mistake. <laughs> yeah. I should have endorsed him in the Republican primary to become governor of New York because, boy, you st- stabbed <laughs> me in the back, what Andrew. Was what start? Was it the square envy? Do you have square envy? No, no, no. Is that what it is? I remember is it 1989 in, in your dad's first attempt to be mayor. He lost against Stinkins. I remember this young Huckleberry running all over the place. And sometimes <laughs> they told me, watch the kid, watch the kid. Yeah. Then in 92, I come back again side by side with your daddy and what all of a sudden you're siding with sid you're getting brainwashed you're moving over to the dark <laughs> side here. Over here. You're, you're sounding like an eric adams oh, Republican. Get out of here, no, no, eric adams and let's Republican. be honest let's i be called honest. him impotent you blame john Katzmatidis for not being in that. here right yeah, the, yesterday, the yes. reason you didn't have me in here yesterday front page of the post going back in crime record felonies returned city to bad old days <laughs> lead editorial eric adams do your freaking job crime is going up you didn't want me talking about that let's be honest Said. I really didn't. You're right. <laughs> had nothing to do with John Katzman. Lincoln, I could have told you about Lincoln. I went into neighborhoods during the campaign you know, as a you, Republican. You know, Lincoln, so wait, wait, where so the so only Republican they ever saw was Abraham Lincoln on right. a $5 you, bill. Yeah. So did you teach Abraham Lincoln how to play stickball also? Is that your uh, claim to fame? Man, you are a real wise and <laughs> right? similar hat choice. By the way, okay, I want you to now go out there as you, as you compete. With uh, Bo Dito. Outstanding job by Bo for the, the Consummate Supporting Actor Award. First it was Joe Pesci, always the best supporting actor. And now it's a coin toss between our own Sid Rosenberg and Bo Dito. I'm telling you, both of them were great. You can't... Why this film is going in the theaters in June, I don't know. If it would have been in the theaters now, you would see both of these guys <laughs> in the audience at the Academy Awards right Dolby Theater in L.A. in March. I never thought I'd hear Curtis Lee kiss Sid Rosenberg. Uh, oh, has to get I more love it. Time great, great. Uh, uh, thank I'm you, telling man. you, if I'm John and Margo, this guy may be uh, not long for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they're going to be lining up here with all kinds of supporting actor roles. Thank He's you. a great supporting actor. There was Joe Pesci first, <laughs> Bo Deedle, and now Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> Do me a favor. When you see Rob Astorino oh, tonight, give him my best. Okay? Oh, there you yeah. have it, folks. Excellent job. That's why he's on Noon to One every day. By the way, getting huge ratings the weekend as well. My man, Courtesy, well, thank you, sir. I'm going to catch you. you. I'm telling you, I'm way behind in the ratings, <laughs> deal, but I'm going to catch you if it's the last thing. <laughs> I right. do. We'll Dracula, we'll drag see. queen. <laughs> By the way, he did mention Bo Deedle and Sid Rosenberg and the aforementioned Bo Deedle coming up for his regular Tuesday slot in about 17 minutes. And I agree, Curtis. He was amazing as a police chief in this movie. Bo Deedle coming up after Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Once again, folks, that was the great Curtis Lewa. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, it is Valentine's Day, the second most lucrative holiday of the year in terms of money spent. First, of course, is Christmas, and second is Valentine's Day because people in relationships are buying stuff for their significant others. I hate that phrase significant others but with all of this stuff we got going on here in the usa now boyfriend girlfriend i guess that's obsolete husband and wife the woke don't want to say that 
partners. I, it doesn't sound very romantic. But anyway, let's get back to uh, Valentine's Day. It is a tradition in America, and I think most other countries in the world, a communist China might be an exception, to demonstrate affection by giving material things. Now, I don't think that's such a good idea. I know I'm in the minority, but buying love, all right, as the Beatles once sang, you, you know, you know, buying love. I, I know a lot of people are in it for commerce. Uh, Los Angeles leads the league in that. But I believe that true affection is demonstrated by actions, not purchases. So if your relationship is based on material things, that's not going to last. But if it's based on kindness, respect, loyalty, then it will. Happy Valentine's Day. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Valentine's Day Tuesday here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, 732 New York City. The great Bo Deedle, he was out with us last night. Really, the Curtis's point today, tremendous. I mean, he's a great actor anyway. So all these movies, Irishman and Wolf of Wall Street and these TV shows, too, and Gravesend together. He's in the, um, what is it, um, Godfather of Harlem. He's got another announcement to make today. It's huge. He was great, and a significant other, Margot, such a beautiful lady. He'll join us coming up at 7.40, but it's now official, something we've talked about here. We've heard about about a month now that Nikki Haley out of South Carolina mm-hmm. would run for president in 2024. We kept hearing Wednesday, Feb 15. It turns out to be Tuesday, Feb 14. Nikki Haley now becomes, the, I believe, the second Republican. Only Trump to run for president. Your thoughts on this latest announcement, Andrew Giuliani? I don't like Nikki Haley at all. Why? Really? I'll, I'll tell you why. Oh, my God. You were like, you were like so nasty. No, no. I, I don't like her at all. I'll tell you why. Because wow. she left the administration on October 9th, October of 2018. Yeah. Anybody who was actually on the side of the Trump administration would have left in November or December. Let me tell you why. Because the midterms were November, I want to say, 5th or 6th that day. So if she knew she was going to leave, why would you leave four weeks because, before the midterms? Because she hated Trump by the time well, she left. Well, there you go. She so hated I, I hate her. I can't stand I don't want to say hate, yeah. but I really dislike her. Well, you know, it's funny because all these rumors, 
circulated that there was a lot of people, including Donald, that wanted to replace Mike Pence mm-hmm. with Nikki Haley. Yeah. He loved her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I remember working with Bernie and going, Bernie, I don't think Nikki Haley likes him. He's like, Sid, he wants her to be the VP. Mm-hmm. He wants to get rid of Pence. I'm like, Bernie, I'm just telling you. I'm hearing rumors. I don't think they like each other. Yeah. So what happened that it got so ugly? I think they were looking at, you know, look, I think they were looking at her as an option that would, you know, be attractive to some women, that would be attractive maybe to even some minorities where they might be able to bring in some votes that a Mike Pence would not. So that was the idea behind it. Oh, I get the idea, but, but where, did it go, where did it get ugly between her and Donald specifically? I think, well, I, I don't know if it's really been ugly. Look, she's flip-flopped. She's got, she's, whenever Trump's high in the polls, she's all, you know, we love him, he's great. And then as soon as he dips in the polls, she starts criticizing him. It's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that's how she's always been. And I think that's why she left a couple weeks before the midterms in 2018 because she wanted to be able to distance herself where she could say, I worked in the Trump administration for two years, but then if Trump was not popular, she could say, I left before the midterms because I had to put my foot down. She is, to me, a classic politician. I am not a fan of Nikki Haley at all. Uh, she's going to get 2 or 3% in this thing. That's it, right. Yeah, I mean, she's it. not even a, a worthwhile candidate. I mean, again, I still really believe in my heart of hearts, none of them are outside of Ron DeSantis. That's it. I don't want to hear it, about Tim Scott. I don't want to hear about Nikki Haley, Christy Nome. It's a two-man race. Did she defend the Confederate flag in South Carolina? No, that's something good that she did. She actually t- got the Confederate flag down she got in it down. South Carolina, right, which right. I've, I've always been an advocate of making sure that, look, the Confederates fought against the United States of America. I have no problem with getting the Confederate flag down and out of yeah. the state houses yeah. and all that. You put them in museums because I think it's very important yeah. to learn for sure, our kids to learn of about course. this. Right. But remember, that's that's something that attacked. That's traitors the yeah. United States right. of America. Did but, she do so that? Did, did she do that right after the Charleston shooting yes. in the church? Yes, it was. I think she did. Yes. Okay, that was. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, don't forget Lindsey Graham was serving in that same state at the same time. Yes. But she yeah. was the governor, Graham, a congressman. Senator, yeah. Senator. Yep. The, the great state of Louisiana has had some money. Now you got John Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we're getting them confused. South Carolina. They're South, oh, Carolina, South Carolina. not Louisiana. And then, right, and then Louisiana. Right, right, I just right. saw something about LSU, so that's probably what it was, too. What, what, what happened LSU. to LSU? What happened there? Uh, I think I just saw Tom Cruise from a picture in 2015 <laughs> in LSU. I was looking okay. you up yeah. on your Instagram as I generally try to stalk you throughout the show. Wow, on this what are you thing. looking for exactly? I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying to dig. I'm just digging. Well, there's some good it's, pictures. It's, it's a compulsion, actually. Well, if you go there right now, Andrew Giuliani, yeah. at Rosenberg.Sydney, at mm-hmm. Rosenberg.Sydney, you'll see really cool pictures from the after party mm-hmm. after the Gemini Lounge screening last night at the Star Top, I forget the name of this. It's a rooftop bar yeah. at the brand new Citizens Hotel, yeah. which is on 48th between 8th and 9th. And uh, it looks like most rooftop bars. Yeah. Very, very nice. And there's some beautiful pictures of me, Danielle, Bo, yeah. Margo, Danny A, Jake Cannavale, Bo's friend Vin, a whole bunch of uh, very famous folks. It, it looks great, but I got to tell you, you know, I, I got a little sick in between the break over here, and let me tell you why. All right. Look, I'm sure you did a great job. I'm sure it was wonderful. I'm, I was sure, fine. The, I'm sure the movie was incredible. The movie is great. Yeah. Academy Award nominee. I never thought I'd see Curtis <laughs> Lee down on his knees like that trying to get more airtime from the great Sid Rosenberg. Curtis Lee with it. Come on, man. Is that what it comes down to it's bad it's getting ugly he wants five days yeah he wants five days yeah. he's look he's the pac-man he says it himself he's trying to eat up as much air <laughs> time as possible and then i get these uh people on my instagram they go you gotta put curtis on three and when they do that i go nope now i may i don't know maybe you'll end up doing more than two days i don't know but when they say it to me yeah i love to go no yeah because it's not up to them 
It's not up to them. It's up to us, basically. So, like, Curtis got to go five days, man. That's my favorite part of the show, 705, three days a week. And I'm glad that's the case. That's why I put him on, because he is very entertaining. He's great. But if you say it, odds are now it's not going to happen. Yeah. Is well, that bad? I'm going to keep saying it then. Is it true? <laughs> Bo Deedle is Put coming on five up five days a week. <laughs> yeah. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Night again, the screening of uh, Gemini Lounge. Even Curtis Sliwa, you heard him about 30 minutes ago, raving about this two-story movie. Danny A did a tremendous job. He really did. And Bo Deedle, from the very beginning of the movie, as the police captain chief, was just tremendous. And he was a guy that eventually allowed this cop, Bobby, played by Emil Hirsch, to infiltrate the Gambino crime family at the Gemini Lounge. And Bo was great, but he's always great, man. I mean... I, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, he's been a friend of mine for 30 years, and Bernie and all of us loot too. And he was a great cop, great cop for 20 years. I mean, the the whole case with the nuns, and you know, really one of the one of the most uh, toughest cops, obviously, in the history of New York City. But I never thought he'd be this good. He's a great actor. I'm talking. I, he stole the scene with De Niro and Pacino and The Irishman, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, great on TV shows like Gravesend and Godfather of Harlem. And now, now, and Gemini Lounge, he's tremendous. Now, as if that's not enough, wait till I tell you this. First of all, let's bring him in. Fresh off a great night with me and Danielle last night. Him, his beautiful girlfriend, Margot, and Vin. It's the great Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Good morning, Sid. What a great night. And uh, I tell you what, it was great to be there. And Congratulations to Danny A for putting out a great movie there. And I'm just glad about one thing. I'm glad that my friend Curtis, man, he's everywhere. You sure he wasn't with Lincoln when he got wild? I was the uh, detective, a homicide detective in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, you've got to remember, Roy DeMayo got uh, got whacked in 1983. Boy, my man Curtis, he is around. I I got to take my hat off to him. If you have any stories are true, this guy is one remarkable guy. <laughs> he, one remarkable he's a modern-day Forrest Gump. But, Bo, we, we got to get to uh, the big news for you as if you haven't done enough with the acting and the Hollywood. So I know today, in fact, you're going to film with our mutual friend Chris Marmondo, who taped with both of us in the TV show Gravesend. But I would say the best TV show, the best TV show on the air today, and has been for years, has added you to the cast. Is that true? <laughs> well, I'm not added to the cast. cast I am. A, they gave me a starring role. And wow. I, I casted for it last Thursday via Zoom with the director and all these people. And I was like knocked over when they called me Friday. I casted for it Thursday. And he says, you got the part. And this is a TV show that everybody loves. And uh, it's Blue Bloods. And I'm, wow. I got a starring role in Blue Bloods. It's not a reoccurring. I don't know if it's reoccurring. But the thing is, I play a, a mob boss uh, that uh, gets involved with my son-in-law and uh, then it's it's, it's a great storyline, and I'm just very proud and honored that CBS. Wow. Uh, that is, that's, it. it's, it's, 
It's a great yeah. show. Peter King's favorite show, of course. Uh, the great Tom Selleck and uh, Wahlberg. I know you know Wahlberg. And now you're playing Tommy yeah. Lucchese in Godfather of Harlem, Bo. Now you're playing a mobster again in Blue Bloods, and you play a cop in Gemini Lounge. I play a mobster. You uh, you split it up pretty nicely, Bo, between you know police, mobsters, all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just funny that it's very easy for to, for me to do this part because I did grow up in Ozone Park. I did grow up with Johnny Gotti Sr. and Ralphie and Joey Scopo. I mean, this is not make-believe stuff, so I've done that, and I have some of my best friends, and I'll say it very, very candidly, some of my best friends are alleged organized crime figures, which alleged, I use the word alleged because the majority of organized crime, to be very honest, has been defunct. But these are my friends now. I have dinners with them. I'm very proud about my relationship with a lot of my friends who uh, who were involved in organized crime. No longer. I, I'm very proud to have dinners with them. And you want to know something? That's why I would never run for political office, because the first thing your <laughs> daily news would have me on the front page. Guess who Bo had dinner with? Oh, hold, on hold, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. You did run for political office. You ran for mayor. And let me remind you, I was in Boston with Danielle. She was running the marathon. She loves you, by the way, you and Margo. I was in Boston, and I went to get a bagel, and they were selling the New York Daily News in yeah. Boston. And who's on yeah. the cover? Bo Deedle. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It was Easter Sunday. Easter and Sunday, this, yes. This, this garbage, I don't buy it anymore. The Daily News is a trash paper, and people shouldn't buy it. And they're the same ones that come after you all the time. Yep, this is yep. now Easter Sunday. I'm going to church, and I'm getting calls from my kids. Dad, are you in trouble? Did you go? To, are you going to jail? The front page with my picture, Bo owes 44K. But they didn't let they uh, they didn't really tell the facts. The facts was I was fighting my residency in New York City. I owned three houses on Long Island. I was out of the city the 188 days. But when I ran for mayor, it came up. Oh, Bo, you even though you say you don't know it. Now with interest and penalties, it was $100,000. It went up to four eighty eight. So I call them up. I give them 250000 cash. And then I said, I'll pay you $25,000 a month till we get rid of offering compromise. They didn't put that in the paper. Nope. They put it like I owed that money. Yep. The Daily News, it never got an apology. The Daily News is a garbage paper. And you know something? People shouldn't buy it. Yep. It is a garbage paper run by dirtbags. No, it's the it's way not it even is. a paper anymore. I, I went to the bagel store the other day. The thing's like 20 pages. Yeah. like a pamphlet. That's and, what but, it is. And, and just on Friday, to your point, in the article, they, they – uh, uh, wrote about me and the mayor, where they said pro-Trump radio hosts chumming up with the mayor. They described me as a raging Republican. And if you can find one raging Republican, Bo, that is pro-choice and pro-gay marriage, I'll give you that $400,000. <laughs> hey, you know what? The, 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 day of, the day of the New York Daily News is gone. I, I use that when I run out of toilet paper. That's all I <laughs> but, you know, and, and then I got to let you know, you know, we keep talking about, you know, to go off key a little bit, uh, great movie, great to see your wife is lovely, your son. Thank what you. a great time we, Thank you. We, we had last night. Yep. But to go off that real quickly is, you know, I've been looking. You know, I'm a detective. So I've been looking at what is our problem. What's our problem with our mayor? Our mayor can't do anything with Albany. So I started looking into this Carl Heasty guy. Who is he? Where did he go? So I started doing a little background check. Now, I do a little back, better background checks than the George Santos people. So I started looking at him, and then all of a sudden his chief of staff pops up 
Her husband was part of a major cocaine ring uh, attack. Really? Drug, cocaine trafficking. And then all of a sudden, she, uh, she was spending. Her name was Giovanni. It is Giovanni Brooks Dennis. All of a sudden, she's had credit cards and spending money on all these things, these Gucci's, Le Bourdon, Louis Vuitton, <laughs> Prada. And all of a sudden, she was using proceeds. This guy went to jail for 76 months. And she's still there. And she was using proceeds of this ill-gotten money that he, he was getting from drug dealing. Where are, you know, where are the investigations on it? Where are the investigations? Mm-hmm. Because you want to know something? If I was the uh, uh, deputy to the uh, Speaker of the Assembly and I had this dirt in my, uh, in my, in my back, they would be throwing me out. And now all of a sudden, I call a but there's no one to call upon. Right, you're gonna call. You, you, call you, you can't call Letitia James. Yeah, and you can't call. You can't call this idiot from Manhattan DA's office. There is Brag, nothing you right. can do. So, so right now, it, it's happening right now. And we know Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul is out there, and she's talking about we got to get rid of our gas stoves. Hey, Kathy, why don't you deal with people <laughs> dying and people getting shot? I mean, and, and this is what's the important things in, in, in our city and our state today. And, oh, oh, 170 felonies last year. Oh, oh, a crime is going down. Yeah, shootings are going around down. You know why? They're they're running out of bullets. That's the only reason why they're (laughs) sadly you're right. And every every aspect, robberies, assaults, rapes, and all that (laughs) are just flying away, and that's all. And we got a governor there. All she does is she pay for play, pay for play. If you're a real estate guy and you want to get some good tax incentive, go to see Kathy, give her a check, (laughs) and it gets done. And I I just it drives me. It drives me crazy. And now all of a sudden I'm reading about it. I talk about it every week. These e-bikes, these e-bikes, there were 11 people last year killed by them. 251 were injured. When are we going to deal with these e-bikes and take them off the damn streets instead of worrying about my gas stove? I, I, it, it's to a point right now. And then tomorrow, <laughs> I know we're going to have we're going to have this guy. Remember this this punk? I must not mention his name. He ran down all those people on the bicycle path on the yeah. west side. Yeah, that was on Halloween mm-hmm. on West Street. Yes. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, and, and he killed those poor tourists and poor people walking along the bike. So now it's up. Is it going to be death or life imprisonment? Life imprisonment's a game. This bum never ate anything in his life. At least he'll get three square meals. He'll be able to work out. They yeah. can fry this. I don't understand why we don't fry people. Hello, yeah. We Man, talked about that earlier, Bo, because today on this Valentine's Day happens to be Bo Deedle, the five-year anniversary. I hate using that word in a negative context, yeah. but it is the yeah. five-year commemoration of Nicholas Cruz killing all those young, beautiful students down in Parkland, Florida, and for him to apologize and say, I have to live with this every day, that annoyed me because he shouldn't be living with it every day. He should be effing dead! Yeah, and I, I mean, and every day you pick up the papers, and the real problems of the city and the state and across this country, this is not just a New York problem, is now all of a sudden the criminal justice reforms that we've put into place now shelters these little punk kids. And I'm going to call them. I'm sorry. When you're 16, 17 years old, you could pull the trigger the same as if you're 18 years old. There's more of these little punks running around and they're not being dealt with. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep on doing it. And once they have a gun in their hand, that makes them tough. I didn't value 
evaluation when I was a homicide detective in Brooklyn Homicide over there. We did an evaluation of the murderer. You know what their murderer description was? It was going to be anyone from 125 pounds to 140, from five foot three to five foot eight. That was the killer. You know why? Because they can't fight you. Like you said, you look good. I don't know how good you can fight anymore, Sid. I'm going to tell you something. You look good in that movie. You look Thank really you. tough. You, you are tough looking. But one thing I got to get you to do, I want you to get punched in the face a little bit. You got to train for that. So that's you get punched. You're able to use all that strength and get back at them. Oh, that's great. Hey, Bo, I, I got to tell you, you're... Um... You're so special to me. I can't even begin to tell you how much I love you. And Danielle loves you and Gabriel loves you and Margo. And you really are great in this movie, Gemini Lounge. You're great in everything you do. You're a great, great, great guest on this show. And one of the most loyal and best friends anybody could have. So thank you so much again. Thank Another you. great hey, appearance. Sis, thank you. One more thing. A big shout-out to Rihanna. Learn the words of your song. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, everybody. That's why he's on twice a week. Bo Deedle, 740 every Tuesday morning. And, of course, comes live in Studio 905 every Thursday morning. The great Bo Deedle. What an amazing Valentine's Day show already. The bad news is we're halfway done. The good news is we're only halfway done. More of Sid, Andrew, and Sid and Friends in the morning. But after this, hey now. Sid and Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Happy Valentine's Day text message with a heart from Louis Ruelas, who's actually, he married Teresa Jewadice, Real Housewives of New Jersey. He just sent me a loving message. And uh, one of his uh, castmates, Frank Catania, who spent uh, 22 years ago, was married to Dolores. They've been uh, uh, divorced for 22 years, but he's still on the show. He was actually at the screening last night with his beautiful girlfriend, Brittany for uh, Gemini Lounge, and you heard Bo talk about it. You heard Curtis talk about it. And uh, we'll put this to rest now until the red carpet premiere, which will be in May, I think. Then it hits theaters in June. But last night, just unbelievable. My beautiful wife, Danielle. Happy Valentine's Day, Danielle. I love you. My uh, great son, Gabriel, 14 years old. He was there last night. And uh, Bo and Margo and their friend Vin and Heshi Organbaum. And I mentioned Frank and Brittany and my buddy Johnny and his buddy Ricky from the buyout bars here in New York City. Just a uh, star-studded cast. Danny A., Jake Cannavale, who plays Chris Rosenberg. Uh, of, of course, um, Bobby Cannavale's son. He was there last night. And a few other uh, actors as well. The big stars of the movie, Emil Hirsch. Lucy Hale and Ashley Green are out in Los Angeles. They'll be here for the red carpet premiere. But you heard Curtis talk about it earlier this morning. It's a great movie. Something in between, like a Goodfellas and a Donnie Brasco, narrated by Emil Hirsch, like Ray Liotta did in Goodfellas. And, of course, not about the mobsters necessarily, but about this uh, guy, Bobby, who Emil plays, who infiltrates the Gambino crime family, specifically Roy DeMeo, played brilliantly by Danny A., at this bar on Flatlands Avenue in Canarsie called Gemini Lounge, which I think stayed open till about 1997, if I'm correct. It's now a church. 
some uh, some gospel church, which is uh, ironic uh, when you consider what happened there before. But um, Bobby narrates the movie, and eventually he kind of breaks the whole thing apart, and DeMeo gets killed, and most of the guys got killed. The, the movie really, really emphasizes the relationship between Chris Rosenberg, played brilliantly by Jake Cannavale, and the DeMeo crime crew. Mm-hmm. But it is a great movie. We saw it last night. It's about 97 minutes. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a big, big hit. And for me, although not the biggest part in the movie, you see me about six or seven times. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of lines. I look brutish. I look mean. It was just surreal to see myself on a real major, major motion picture among all these really, really big actors. I'm telling you, man, it was something else. And I know... You've had that experience like Gabe had last night with your mom and dad. Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty unique when you see your parents up there on the big screen, uh, and it's uh, you know you feel proud for them. I actually remember going uh, during the People versus Larry Flint to actually watch some of the filming of it. Uh, there was a scene where Woody Harrelson, who is playing Larry Flint at the time, actually gets dunked in uh, the river in Memphis. I remember it was in Memphis. Uh, because he was being baptized. Yeah, I remember uh, that. And my mother was actually in the river with Woody Harrelson. Awesome. One of the really cool memories that I have actually was during the screening, Woody Harrelson came to New York, and my mother invited him over to Gracie Mansion. So I had a little, uh, we had a little uh, half court on the pavement and put up a hoop up there. Wow. And I, sh- I played horse with Woody Harrelson. White Men Can't White Jump. Can't one jump. of his great movies. Yeah. Uh, that was a great movie, too. Courtney Love was great yeah. in that. And uh, I think she, she was up for the Academy Award. I don't know if she won it. So your mom, Donna, Donna Hanover, I believe, celebrates a birthday tomorrow. Yep. Was in a bunch of movies. Happy and birthday, the same mom. with your father, Rudy. Yes. Dad was in, jeez, uh, he was in uh, The Out of Towners. Uh, he was in uh, Anger Management. I think he said uh, give her a 10-second Frencher in Anger yeah. Management. So, I mean, you talk about Academy Award nominees. I can't believe they missed out on uh, America's Mayor on that one. Yeah, there. they blew that one. They did. I did uh, categorize the beautiful Margot, and she's a beautiful woman. She really is. Mm-hmm. I think I said Bo's girlfriend. Of course, she's Bo's fiance. Yeah, let's get that right there, Sid. We don't want to miss that no, one. No, and she was in that uh, great group Cover Girls. Yeah. And my wife, Danielle, happened to be a big fan of cover girls. <laughs> and she still looks like she could hit the road today. I think they still do perform and uh, do arenas all over the country. That's awesome. They, uh, they're a great couple. Bo and Margo. That's right. That is his fiance, not, uh, not his girlfriend. It sounded like it was just a good crew there last night. It was I mean, great. For, forget yeah. about even the movie. It sounded like you guys had a great time just with the we crew did. you had We there. did. And we had the screening. And then we had the after party at a nice rooftop bar mm-hmm. at the Citizens Hotel on 48th. Between 8th and 9th, and uh, we sat there, ate pizza, mostly yeah. me, Danielle, Bo, Margo, and Vin. And, uh, you know, Danny A walked over, said hello. Heshi walked over, said hello. Jake, all these actors. But that was basically it. Got home about 11.15. Yeah. Got to bed about 11.45. The alarm went off at 3.45 this morning. Yeah. <laughs> there we go it's, again. That 3.45 alarm is tough. Oh, not, not it, easy. Yeah. Not easy. I, I just try to make sure Grace does not wake up with that 3.45 alarm. Oh, I know. Alarm we, because... we had this discussion last night with Bo and Margo, yeah. how, how hard I work every morning. The most pressure I've got every day is not my radio show. It's not even dealing with outside business pressures. The most pressure I have every day is my 30 minutes before 4.30 in the morning because if I put the toothbrush (laughs) down, I hear my wife scream from the other room, 
Shut up. <laughs> what was that? I swear to God. You, Lou, you too. I, I tiptoe. Yeah. I get dressed in the dark. I've, I've smashed my face on the wall more than once because I can't put lights on. Today, yeah, this morning in the, in the bedroom, I had to take a flashlight and find my other shoe. Yeah, right. All kidding <laughs> yeah. aside. I had to. I like, there's one. Damn it. Where's the other one? And I'm moving clothes around. Yeah. Like, because I got a pile of crap. Like, it's there. It's there. <laughs> oh, there it is, and it was on top of something else, and I just yeah. snuck right back out. Then I say goodbye at four, and I'm out. Oh, she's doing for the day because Danielle, like MJ, uh, she gets up there not long after me, runs her 15 miles, and then goes to work at a law firm for like 12 hours. Yeah. So every day it's the same exercise, 4 o'clock. <laughs> How you doing, baby? I'm exhausted. What happened? What happened? You woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning. <laughs> I said, Danielle, like I told these I guys, job. I'm afraid to fart because if I do, it's going to wake her up. I mean, it, it's so, the pressure. When I get outside my door in the morning, it's like a prison break. I'm like, ah, I'm Green. free. Green. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to do the same thing with Grace. I've, I've resorted to actually getting dressed in Grace's room. I actually <laughs> I put my thing. stuff in there. because Me too. Yeah, exactly. The other bedroom. My Ava's room because Ava's in college. Exactly. So my daughter's in the pack and play it there. So I try to make sure I'm really quick to that trigger. You cannot snooze. It you can't even go off a second time. you got to bang right there ready to go. Because if it rings a second time, that's yep. the merits. Oh, you're dead. You're, oh, dead. you're, you're done right there. See, I, I you might, can't snooze it. I am no conditioned good. to waking up right before the alarm goes off. Good. It's not a wake so last night, not, la- not no, the night before, I should say, the uh, the new apartment we're living in, mm-hmm. the plug is far away from the bed. Yeah, I would usually get a long plug and have the phone in bed with me. Mm-hmm. This one won't reach. So at about three thirty yesterday, ten minutes before the alarm is going to go off, I get up and I got to take the phone. So I pull the phone, and the charger hits the floor, and makes it sound like this. Shut up! <laughs> the bomb went off. Bad I'm like, news. I, I just don't know what to do. It's like Lewis. the Grinch sneaking out it's, after he steals. Right. Oh. It's so bad. I'm scared to death. It is to scary, death. It is. I'm sweating. I just shaved and showered. But anyway, but the, those, are, those are just... The uh, only more terrifying feeling is when you're in somebody else's house and you use the bathroom and the, and you flush it and the water starts coming up. Oh, that's the yeah. worst. And you got to go, excuse me, where's I, the plunger? I, yeah, yeah. Right. Wait I, a second. Did you just make duty in my bathroom? <laughs> yes, I did. You got to see what this other guy did in your bathroom. <laughs> Holy crap. At my place, we got the hardwood floors right by the door and there's a spot that always makes noise. Oh, no. And, and I try to figure it out. Like, I mean, I'm in there like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible with my, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. feet all... Spread out yeah. trying to get yeah. in there. I still haven't figured it out 18 months well, into I my Well, I got to put my shoes on outside because of the wooden floor. Yeah. So, yeah. see, when I'm home in Queens, I'm safe because it's four stories. Right. So, once I get out of the bedroom, assuming I don't kick something, I'm good. You're good. But between the hotel and this apartment, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. All right. The biggest uh, news of the day, besides this mass shooting at Michigan State University, Terrible. three dead, five injured. The suspect died of self-inflicted gunshot wounds. We have no idea what the motivation was. In Brooklyn, some maniac drove a U-Haul through a group of people, injured eight, killed one, screamed at the cops, kill me, kill me, kill me, shoot me, I'm not going to stop. Also don't know why he did that. But I guess the biggest story politically is, is that Nikki Haley officially has run now for president, and you hate Nikki Haley. Yeah, I don't like Nikki Haley at all. Nikki Haley left the Trump administration, which, look, every right to do that, but she left it in October of 2028, a few weeks before the midterms in November. To me, I looked at that as 
uh, really a, uh, a terrible thing to do to the president, leaving him out there in the wind. Look, if you wanted to leave, you leave in the middle of November, leave around Thanksgiving. And you're not that big of a story. I think it, it says two things. One, she wanted to actually have the credit of working in the Trump administration if he was popular, because he's always, she's always behind him when he's popular. But if he was unpopular, she could point to it and say, you see, I left the administration. I made a statement. I am a leader. B.S. You're not a leader. You're a typical flip-flopping politician. Wow. How about you're him? Not, you're, <laughs> she's a flip-flopping <laughs> oh, politician. Oh, oh, oh. I am not a Nikki Haley fan at all. And I have to tell you, oh, if you changed. want to elect somebody who's a swamp monster, Elect Nikki Haley. That's who she is. Two years ago, you would have said, I want to bang her. Now you're yelling about her like was, she's public was, enemy number one. I was married two years ago, so I wouldn't have said well, Let's go to three years ago. <laughs> maybe, eight, maybe eight years ago. <laughs> still working out of the house. What about, uh, you know, everybody asked you about the whole balloon thing. Yeah. I've had Gordon Chang on about a hundred times. He's about as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. He is, in fact, as good as it gets. What are your thoughts on the whole Well, it's still an thing? evolving story. We seem to be finding a balloon every single day, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Um, it's beyond absurd. And the Defense Department, it's, it's kind of amazing. I was talking to my friend Cash. Patel a couple days ago about this, who was the acting chief of staff for uh, in the Department of Defense at the end of the Trump administration. And by the way, made a great appearance at Joe the Box First American Warehouse about two weeks ago. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Spectacular. You were there. I was there. I was there for my buddy Cash. And uh, I got to tell you, it is he is just mortified, as we all are. And actually, it's kind of amazing that the administration would allow this thing eight days over the country, going around the world, as you said, but to go up through western Canada, down through Montana, to find it. I mean, literally, it took people actually putting it on their social media. It yeah. wasn't like it was the administration that no, told us. No. I, you almost wonder if they even knew about I, I, I it. Think I think they, they knew, knew. But they didn't want to address it. But still, dress the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, come on. But is that more important? Is a bad PR story more important than keeping our secrets, our secrets, and not actually giving it to our number one enemy, which, Joe... I know you're profiting off of China. I know you've profited off them, but wake up. They are our number one enemy in this country. They're our number one enemy to democracy around the world. Not MAGA Republicans, so don't sell me that bill of goods. John Kirby says, uh, to your point, calm down, Giuliani. The president takes on national security very, very seriously. Yeah. He doesn't play political games. Lewis, John Kirby, cut number one. Uh, when it comes to these higher altitudes, are America's borders secure? The president uh, takes, uh, as I said earlier, he takes uh, our national security uh, extremely seriously. He has no oh, higher man. responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. He's yeah. such a douchebag. Uh, just, I mean, does does he even believe that? Does, does he believe it? I don't know, but Does I don't believe it. But what I would be curious to hear what the media actually pushed back on, because they, they probably they said, didn't. yeah, you're, you're right. They oh, didn't. John Kirby said it. So it's yeah. accurate. Well, yeah. Chuck Schumer was out there on ABC yesterday, too. You know, Chuck Schumer, whose office is right across the street, directly across the street yeah. from us, right here on Third Avenue. He was on ABC and he, to him it was like, no big deal. Ah, China does it anyway. This is uh, Chuck Schumer, Lou Rafino, cut number six. The first balloon, there was a much different rationale, which I think was the appropriate rationale. Uh, We got enormous intelligence information from surveilling the balloon as it went over the United States. Didn't the Chinese get enormous intelligence as well? Well, they they could have been getting it anyway, but we have to know what they're doing, okay? And we don't know exactly. He's such an idiot. You know exactly what they're doing. He's such an idiot. You know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to get where our nuclear silos are. Right. They're trying to get as much information as possible because... 
they want to be able to utilize that information against us. Well, That's they it. want they want to invade Taiwan, yes. and they want to know when they do that. And if the U.S. comes with force, mm-hmm. which we promised we would do more than once, yep. what do we have? That's exactly right. That's the answer, That's Chuck. Exactly right. You dumb bastard. Yeah, you old prick. I see him across the street right now. He's picking his nose. Go punch him in the face. Yeah, he ate it too. He ate it. I'll be at Valentine's forever if you go punch Chuck Schumer right across the I face. might. I might. Where's You're not supposed to encourage you, violence, but with people like that, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'll go get you flowers if you go do it. Yeah. Really? Yes. You will get me flowers, Lou? <laughs> yeah. I'll okay. get you. And he won't even get MJ it. flowers. I'm going to do it. I know. I, today? <laughs> yeah. Will you get it today or in a week? I'll, I'll, I'll get it today for you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promise. I promised her I wouldn't get hers until like Saturday. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. I'll take All it. All right. We've got a lot more to do on this program. It's been amazing already. It really has. Curtis Lewa was great. Bo Deedle was great. We've had great conversations covering every major story, all the personal stuff as well on this happy Valentine's Day. I think my friend Heather Monahan is in studio. She will join us for the rest of the show. And don't forget, coming up at 9.05, we've got a big event together coming up on Friday night honoring this great man, the world's best men's fashion designer, friend of mine for nearly 30 years on the show, the great Joseph Aboud, live in studio. So keep it right here, folks. Happy Valentine's Day from Sid. Andrew and the crew. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Someone exactly like you I've been traveling all around the world Waiting for you to come through Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Keep me satisfied Someone exactly like you The great Van Morrison, Someone Like You, 8.30 on this happy Valentine's Day Tuesday morning. Sitting friends in the morning. Andrew Giuliani, been here all morning. He's been fantastic. He always is. He was great yesterday, too. And now we're joined in studio by another Sid and friend making her, I believe, second visit uh, in the last month out of the great state of Florida, Miami specifically, friend of Glenn Tacinelli, friend of mine as well, and somebody I used to work with way back when at WQAM in Miami, Florida, going back 13 years ago. She's an author. She's uh, inspirational. She. Well, what else do you do exactly, Heather Monahan? What, what else do you do besides look great and write books and, and make speeches? And what else do you do? I mean, I make you look good. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a whole lot of work. That's a whole lot of work. Making Andrew look pretty good, too. Andrew, I'm so happy to be here I with know. you today. Nice to meet you, Heather. Nice to meet you. Big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you very much. All Thank right. you. You want a cigarette? Uh, <laughs> I'm good. Well, happy Valentine's Day. What uh, What does a, a woman like you do on Valentine's Day? What do, I, you, what do you expect? Before we get to know them, Layden, what do you expect today? 
You don't have a significant other, right? I'm single, so it's it's kind of weird. And you were the first person, as soon as I got here this morning, you said happy Valentine's Day to me. So anyone listening, give some love to single women today. They need it. They do? Yes. Why are you single? I mean, you're, you're really pretty. You're very successful. So you have to be psychotic. Like you have to be just a complete pain in the ass to deal with. No, I know. No, what you it is. know me. I know what it is. Hit it. Yeah. A man's threatened by you. You're a strong woman. You're tough, right? I mean, you, you have to be very, very secure yeah. as a man in order to be with someone She's like yourself. She's intimidating. You're right, right about that. Yeah. Which is weird because you know me. I'm actually really a nice person. Right, but you have to get to know you to know that. Because when you first see you, you're like, oh, my God, she's going to be trouble because, like Andrew said, you've got all these great qualities. But, yes, when I've gotten to know you, you're actually really sweet and nice. I mean, really sweet and nice. So (laughs) heck surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. Well, pretty girls are wow. usually brutal. Let's be Academy honest. Award nominee for Curtis Lee. <laughs> Seriously. No, but it's true. Don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, I think that's what happens to people. They get intimidated, and they shouldn't they be. Yeah. I get the same thing. Trust me. Here is uh, Noam Layton. such a pain I trust him. <laughs> Noam, you've been on fire, and I would imagine on this Special Tuesday morning. You've got a Valentine's Day story, don't you? Know? Uh, well, good morning, uh, Sydney, Andy, Heather. What illicit activity are we talking about today? Though? Yeah. Well, you know, Friday I spoke with a prostitute at the Super Bowl. Yes. Right. right. Uh, yesterday work. with cheaters who cheat on their spouses on uh, the day before Valentine's Day, called Valenslimes Day. Right. right. Bo Dito loves that guy. Twenty-five years he's worked along with yeah, Bo Dito. Yeah, yeah, Sean yeah. Sean Lanigan, a great uh, private investigator. And uh, today I said, okay, you know, it is a day of love. Let me find a great love story. And I did. All right. Her name is Bernadette Shimp. And she met her husband of 53 years when uh, she was 13 and he was 17. She was we what? had such a one. She was uh, 13, he was 17. Is this Jerry Lee Lewis? I should point out, this was back in uh, 1967. Yeah, things oh. were a little bit different. Right. Right. You know, you had Priscilla yeah. Presley dating sure. Elvis, right? right? Okay, it was legit. Had, uh, there was no, no laws. Who could forget Deidre Imus? Deidre Imus. Right, Deidre Imus. She wasn't even born yet. Right. <laughs> uh, so here's Bernadette, who I, by the way, fell in love with yesterday. We had such a wonderful life together. We were both very young. I was 13, and uh, he was he was like a bad boy of 17. Actually, when we met, we worked at, my sister had a big farm, and Bucky was always driving a tractor, and I was usually always helping at the farm stand, and we actually got married. I was 16, and he was 20 when we got married. And uh, right before they got married, Sid... They uh, went, she was 16, he was a 20 bucky, and they went to her parents to say, hey, is it okay? Because she was only 16 years old. Yeah. And uh, he made this promise to her father. She said, he said, I will never leave your daughter. I will never leave her side. You know, he just, he absolutely said, you guys can get married, you have my blessing, but don't ever think that you can come back. And my husband absolutely just promised me from day one that he would never, ever leave me. And like a lot of young couples, they were young, right? 20 and 16. They had some really early hungry days. And Bucky did everything he can because he didn't want to go back (laughs) to her parents to ask for money. So he did things like even collecting bottles just to pay the rent. Years ago, Coca-Cola bottles were like owned by Coca-Cola. And they were all glass. And you used to get five cents a bottle if you returned them back in the 60s. And we lived on a major highway uh, in Suffolk, Virginia. And my husband used to come home from the Navy base and then walk the highway just to find 
five cent Coca Cola bottles to uh, to to send them in for you know for the deposit money. All because he said he would always take care yeah. of her. And well, never hold leave on, her so side. before you continue this mm-hmm. uh, beautiful story, so right. Heather looks at me with this look. <laughs> Heather lives in like Brickle, like she's got yachts outside of her house, Lamborghinis parked right. outside, and she and and this beautiful story about collecting Coca Cola bottles for right. five cents. I, I take this guy under my wing and give him some entrepreneurial chips. Number one, how weird is it the world, the woke world we live in that I'm listening to this and I'm thinking 13 years, there's something, this conversation can't happen today. Well, right, right. Well, right. Hello? Wait, 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 wait,
We'll play Sid's take later. We've got um, Andrew Giuliani, who's been great the last couple of days here. And our friend Heather Monahan. Now, Heather, the name of your last book was... Overcome Your Villains. Right. So uh, you are a very successful female, have made upwards in the millions, in seven figures. And um, you do speak to mostly women. I know you're going to deny that. You're going to say your book is unisex. It helps men, too. But I think if you're a young girl, specifically, and they look at you, they will be more prone to, A, accept that. Because you have to understand, guys are still douchey. And for the most part, despite what they say, we still live in a very chauvinist man's world. And a man doesn't want to be told by a woman how to make money. But a girl will do it in two seconds. If you deny that, you're somewhere between naive and stupid. I don't think you're either one of those, but you're being naive if you deny that. You're being oh, naive. My, yes. Whoa. 100%. Whoa. And any man that says that they want to read it is because they want to sleep with you. Do you want to go back to talking about the 13-year-old <laughs> or do you want to stay on this segment? Because we can go back if you want and get Noah well, like, back in here. That's because I'm giving you the truth. Young girls will read this and go, oh, my God, Mom, this lady is exactly what I want to be. Young See, guys. I totally disagree with you. Of Go you read do. my reviews on freaking Amazon or Audible right now. Right. P.S. Fact. Like, I, I look at data. Data doesn't lie, right? I have just as many reviews from men saying, you thank you. Listen, the Coke <laughs> bottle guy needed me. Come on. No, but on a serious note, uh, you are great. And the book is great. And it does give advice to everybody. Give us some of the advice you can read in the book to help folks actually make money so they're not collecting Coke bottles at five cents a pop. Oh my gosh, never take a no from someone who can't give you a yes, right? So listen, there's, there's, I have so many pieces of business wisdom in this book that will set anybody up for success. And some of it is obviously very simplistic. Listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. The older I get in life, I realize everyone's regurgitating the same information. Mm-hmm. It just at a different frequency or in a different story or, or whatever. But it's the business acumen we all need. You think it remains the same no matter what? I mean, if you pay attention, yeah, it, it really it really does. I mean, don't you feel the same way, Andrew? Yeah, I think you're – look, you see it in the political arena where if you look at the political commentators, they're just saying the same exact thing. You, I can predict 99% of the time what they're going to say on Fox and the same thing is that they're going to say on MSNBC and CNN. Uh, so, yeah. No, the point is like right now with Biden, uh, come out and communicate to your people. This is basic – Leadership 101. Yeah. No one's reinventing the wheel, people. Let people know what's happening. People want to know. Uh, John Katsimatidis, who owns this station, you want to talk about success worth about $4 billion. That's, that's a real number. That's not. And uh, a super guy, by the way, sweetheart, sweetheart, actually a caring person. His new book is out, and he claimed on this show yesterday, if you read my book, I will tell you how to make a billion dollars. He's kidding, obviously. But but almost made it sound like it was that easy. And sometimes when you write a book like yours, do you really believe that people will read your book and be able to really succeed in life? That you've got the no, answers? No, it, it, listen, it's a, not just about knowledge. It's about application. Right. Right. If you want transformation in your life, yes, you need to access the right knowledge, but you also need to apply it to your life. I just interviewed uh, the founder of Waze the other day. Waze. He's, yes. Yeah. He's got a new book out right now, and it's all about falling in love with the problem. That's a bit contrarian, right? It's That's not the, the, the typical thinking that I grew up on or that's not business 101. So there are those nuggets out there that I yeah. think mm-hmm. if you applied your life, it could be a little bit different. But no, you're not going to be the most successful person. You're not going to be a billionaire. You're not going to be a unicorn like Yuri is unless you're willing to actually keep 
going through those tough times and, and be resilient. I think resilience yeah. is, is the, the key oh, I agree. Factor. That's been my story. So how oh, did you, you get to where definitely you... definitely resilient. Oh, <laughs> so how did you get to where you are today, this successful, wealthy, uh, inspirational figure? It didn't start that way for you. No, I grew up on food stamps with a single mother, you know, and not knowing... I grew up very differently from my friend to my left, I think. Um, but listen, and, and no hey, shock. I grew up in public housing. Gracie Mansion was public housing, okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. That's funny. Well said. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I actually see it today as a gift. I'm sitting across from Andrew, and I'm like, I'm so lucky that I didn't grow up like him. Because here's the thing. No matter what hits the fan in this world, I'm going to survive. No I, don't, I don't know yeah. about Andrew. Really? Yeah. I feel like Andrew would survive. I would feel he? Like... How, how did you create resilience in your life? It's a good question. Would and, you like that you... now I'm interviewing him? And, and, <laughs> you, and, 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 and you understand that when you go through it, and Sid and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, that is a, it's unique in terms of the way that you grow up. But I the think famous I something was... because he's a famous son, and, I've got a fam- and my son is also right, watching exactly me. Right, that's exactly right. I got very lucky because I had cops that were watching me, that were on me, that were made sure that I was very grounded. One's my confirmation sponsor. I still talk to three or four of them on a weekly basis. I consider them almost like uncles to me. And I had a very good family that kept me grounded and helped me to realize that this is not a normal childhood, if you will. Uh, also a great mother and a really good father, obviously, who uh, who made sure they, they that I continued to focus on goals, on ambition, uh, not just accepting what was this kind of, uh, I don't want to say distorted reality, but truly unique reality. Um, and that, for whatever reason, has seemed to work for me. It doesn't mean that I don't go through yeah. my challenges and no. different uh, demons that I'm trying no. to conquer. No. What's um, the generation they say that always fails? Is it the third generation or, I believe or the second? So. I think it's well, the third. Why, why did we get to the <laughs> point? <laughs> me, why why did we get to the point on this radio show where, where my friend Andrew had to defend himself in his childhood? What happened just now? No, he's not, listen, he <laughs> doesn't have to defend himself. I'm just curious. I'm very, very curious. <laughs> Because I do see it as a gift that I grew up without privilege. Right. So I'm always curious. And listen, my son's growing up with privilege, so it's very, very different. And he's a great kid, though, right? I hope so. I'll let you know how that turns out in 10 years. And look, it's different in the sense that I think you have expectations on you. That sometimes if you don't grow up in that, you don't have those expectations. So you're always trying to meet them. But like your friend said, like the guy who you said, uh, the Waze guy, right? The guy who started Waze. Embrace the problem, right? It's it's enjoying the fact that there's a challenge, and you need to figure out how to overcome that challenge. And having that perspective, I think that's helps not you, reality, helps you though, when you're living in it, right? So, no. and listen, you, I know you, you, I've seen you through challenge, right? Yeah. Like we've been there. So yeah. when you're really in it and it's uh-huh. bad, it's there's awful. no enjoying it. I think that's no. total BS. Yeah, you have to get to the point where you're so far removed, Andrew and Heather, from all of it, where you can look back, right? Otherwise, if you're close to it or in it, it's miserable. Yeah, it sinks. It's, it's miserable. Yep. Uh, but then again, they always say, but look, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, Sometimes five it's years a train. from now, right, you're going to be sitting on a New York City radio station talking about this. And I go, well, I don't even know if I'm going to make it for five years. Yeah. But you're right. When you get there, it is rewarding. And the intrinsic value is, is uh, much better than any money you can earn. But while you're in it, it's absolutely miserable. So what, um, what would you expect if, in fact, you were in a relationship? And you once were. You've got a child. Uh, if you're in a relationship, what are your expectations for today? For In other words, Lewis has a fiance for a long time, lovely girl named MJ. And she actually said to him, don't buy me flowers today because they're too expensive. That's a trick. That's Wait a total tomorrow. trick. No. Trick. 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 This is a trick. 
What did I say? I cut him off three times. I go, when she says, don't buy me flowers, what she's saying is, she said today, buy me flowers. You better she buy me flowers. She said today, don't buy the flowers. That's a trick. What? Don't. Oh, my. I'm so sad. Thank God I'm here. Okay, listen to me. <laughs> now, go, now I'm sad. No. <laughs> I'm going to go buy the flowers for her. Okay? Okay, that's Can someone great. actually, is someone listening that owns a, a floral shop, please send flowers right now. In New York we City, need them. No, no not in New York City. But I do think MJ's being serious. But in your case, you would expect flowers today, right? What else? Uh, yeah, I mean, of what course. Else? I mean, this is why you're single, by the way, because you expect way too much. No, <laughs> how about I give you like a, like a Tom Seaver trading card from 1972? You're and call so it a day. full of it. For everyone listening right now, can I just? You're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Okay, for everyone listening right now, Sid is the most thoughtful, nicest That's true, guy, and people don't that know that true. about you. So yeah. I just want everyone to know that, that is true. Okay. Thank you for saying that. No, it's, I know, it's I know true. So yeah, what, what else? You, you want flowers? You want dinner? What oh, else? Yeah, you want to feel special. That's yeah. that's what it's all about, right? Like it's all about taking the time. Andrew, what did you do for your wife? Well, that's a good Again, question. He's, uh, why my, you, do you keep my, uh, he's on well, he's the phone? He's sitting next to me. I need to include him. <laughs> my wife right now is in a wheelchair. We can't go out really to dinner. It's a horrible so story. I've got to figure she it out. out the I building. did get her flowers. <laughs> I did get her flowers. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> wheelchair. I did get her flowers, she but we're going to have to do something at home tonight instead of actually going out. We normally go out for dinner, go see a show, yeah. something okay, like I'm that. And thankfully, in... she survived the fall. I'm going to bring this up, and I'm setting myself up for failure. No, she's not in a wheelchair forever. She yeah. just happened to have a knee surgery. It's not like she's not. Oh, she's, I had knee she's surgery. Not too. Yeah, she's not disabled. Yeah, she's OCD legion for those who are. Yeah. My wife's in a wheelchair. She can't see. She's blind. She's deaf. Um, so, but uh, she is of age. She's not 13. Right. She's good. So what about dinner? Is dinner an important You're thing? not collecting Coke cans? No. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. Uh, is dinner important tonight or lunch or, or doesn't Some- matter? I know. I think it does matter, right. right? Like know the person that you're in love with, right? Sure. Like you got to know that person. What if person. you just met them? What if you want to fall in love? Well, you better today? try hard. I mean, this is the yeah. try hard. What, what day. about the woman that says it's all about the card? Those liars. They go, don't worry about the gift. Don't worry about dinner. Just make sure you buy me a nice card. They're not. They're not being honest, are they? No, I don't think they're being honest. No, yeah. they they want you to try to try right. hard. So maybe you put. I, I love games. Like I love something exciting. So in the card, put something like a clue to what's going to happen later. Like make someone anticipate and be excited about what's going to happen with you. Oh, all yeah. this work. You know, oh my god. Oh my oh, it's god. A lot, a lot <laughs> of work, my friend. We're working. Well, come on, how much? Yeah, but the woman's gonna put in just as much work. Like, don't think this is one sided. We'll if someone's out. trying that I guess hard, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the dice. Was, I, I would love to do that. There was one year where my wife and I were, I guess, on a break. This is when we were still dating. We were on a break. Thank you for and clarifying. After that. a couple, of, after a couple of weeks, we decided, well, Valentine's Day is coming up. We'll go out for Valentine's Day. We said we're not gonna get ourselves anything. But I decided I saw this thing. I don't remember where I even saw it, but I saw this bear. I mean, this looked like the it looked like the cocaine bear that's been in the movie uh, trailers that you've been seeing coming up. I don't think it was on cocaine, but I brought it to like a trendy restaurant with her. So I had the seven foot teddy bear that I probably will say it on the subway. I don't think I went to the, on the subway that night, but brought her in there with that teddy bear, and we sat in this trendy club with a teddy bear, and uh, just came to mind as we were talking about things. And she married you. She married me. I you think know. That's so fine? I probably shouldn't have got a teddy bear. bear. That's why. I, I don't know that I would have married him after that, but I mean, listen, it worked. You knew yeah. your person. Yeah. Well, when you got married the first time, what did your husband do? Uh, Valentine's Day. That got you all hot and bothered. You know what? I'll, I'll be totally honest. Don't, I, please don't be. Oh I'm begging God. you. <laughs> Dump button. He, <laughs> get ready. Here's the thing. I wanted to have a baby. And when a you woman won that, 
that you, when you flip the switch, I know like, it's it. like you yeah. know you need to yeah. have that baby. And yeah. I'm so grateful. Listen, it was a good decision. I lost a lot of money because of it. I didn't have a prenup. However, I'm so grateful I have my son. Yeah. I remember when Danielle was trying to get pregnant and uh, I'd come home and she'd be like, we got to do it. And then like, we got to do it. We got to do it. And I remember one time I said to her, I got to tell you. This is becoming like work. Not so romantic. Yeah, she goes, excuse me? <laughs> this is work? <laughs> I took that one back right away, trust me. Uh, we'll come back with the 9 o'clock <laughs> hour. fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, sweetheart. Uh, you know, wow me a little bit. Do something. Uh, 905, Joseph Abood will be here. One more love story. We'll play Sid Steak <laughs> and have some fun. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. That's a great show. I remember the years of this show when I was a kid growing up, Love American Style. What were the years for this show, Lewis? You remember? It's like early 70s. Yeah, I think so. It is on 906 on your beautiful, sunny Tuesday, Valentine's Day morning in New York City. Nice week this week, but otherwise, temperatures in the 60s. Next couple of days, it'll cool down considerably on Saturday, but you can start to feel here comes the spring and the summer. 14 days of spring training coverage mm. in today's New York Post, Mets, Yankees, baseball, spring training starts in a week. That's the best part of the Super Bowl. Once that's over, we start to make our way towards the nice weather. Our next guest loves that, loves baseball, loves the Boston Red Sox. Of course, uh, in my opinion, is far and away the greatest men's fashion designer in the history of the business. Personally, I wear his clothing all the time. We've been friends for nearly 30 years, dear friends, and now we've got a huge event coming up together on Friday night. The very, very handsome, debonair, and lovely <laughs> Joseph Aboud. Jojo, we got a big event on Friday night. Yeah. What is that all about? What is that Yeah, now? well, you know, I was asked to speak at the National Arts Club, which is really an honor. Yeah. It's a small, intimate environment. The best part is I have you as my interviewer. Thank you. And I'm so excited. I think it'll shock the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're some... not used to guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but it really is. You know, the arts are great. Fashion is one of the arts. And sometimes when fashion and art collide, it's wonderful. And yeah. sometimes they embrace. Yes. So it's really nice to be able to speak to uh, an audience, an intimate environment. And Friday nights, and I know I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, Sid, because. I know how important your Friday nights are. Yeah, the weekends are the family, but you are yeah. family. But I'm confused as to why we did it. They did it this Friday. Isn't Fashion Week over? Yeah, but it really is more about the arts. Than, and fashion Week is still happening. There's still remnants of, of, of Fashion Week. And, okay. Um, to me, I think it was just a choice of a date that worked for all of us. And I think telling the story... I think they want to know the story of your life. Why did you go here? Why did you do this? Mm. How did you get here? Yeah. And sometimes I say I have no idea. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it is a but, fascinating story how a kid yeah. uh, from Lebanon uh, descent yeah. ends up in the United States, yeah. New York and Boston, mm -hmm. and becomes the top guy in the business in a very difficult business. I mean, 
you know, a lot of those guys, some of them died at this point, but, yeah. you know, Lagerfeld, Pierre Cardin. Yeah, brilliant, and, and, brilliant, brilliant guys. And, I mean, yeah. some of our icons today, like Ralph Lauren. Well, he was a guy, I remember this part of the story, you got your first job in fashion with Ralph Lauren. Yeah, yeah. I was designing for Ralph uh, from 1980 to 1985, and I loved him as a boss, as a person. He's such an incredible icon. So he's always been the standard of American fashion. I had a different point of view in style. I believed that I didn't want to make men look like boys. I wanted to make men look like men. And so our European counterparts, which were always so stylish and so handsome, we were always stepchildren here in the United States. Right. And I said, uh-uh. I think American men are handsome. We may be built differently. We, we're, we're bigger. We're broader. European men are straighter, yeah. as, as European women are. Uh, American women are much more curvy, much more. Wait, he just pointed at me. He did point at you. Yeah. And, you, well, you are curvy. You're and, the American and more, woman in this, in and this more sensuous and more voluptuous, and 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 so American fashion to fit American bodies is different. Yeah. Uh, but I was very successful in finding a silhouette for men that they felt good about themselves and dressing men for men, but also dressing men for the women in their lives. One of the things that you do exceptionally well. Uh, besides your clothing being great and the, the fabric being as good as it gets, and it's beautiful clothing, Thank you. is nobody accessorizes like a boot. Like, I've never seen you. You're not wearing <laughs> some type of, I'm being serious, some type of bracelet, <laughs> some type of scarf, yeah. some type of uh, even a, uh, maybe an ascot's the wrong word, but, yeah. and nobody, nobody does a better pocket square, which well, I happen to love. I, I'm an expert. But why do some people think they're going to be perceived as being gay if they do that? That's well, true. You know, I, think, I, I have been called that. Yeah. And, and no, you know what I think it's really been kind of great? is to kill stereotypes. Why? And I've said this to Sid before. Why can't you design a suit and still throw a baseball or, th or still love football? I hate stereotypes anyway. And it's so true because I think one of the reasons I even started to go on to Imus with you way back and even before you with Bernie and Lou yeah. was to dispel the myth. Which you didn't do. He called you gay every day. Right, right, I mean, to right, this day, he was right, like, the guy, right, i never right, seen his wife. Right, I made the right, same joke last night. Well, was in the car. Wait, wait, the wait, 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 this is unbelievable. We went to visit our daughter in North Carolina last week. And I, and you know, nice plug for WABC. I had my WABC app on. And I'm listening, you know, getting ready, taking a shower. And who comes on? I've got to sit on. And he said, oh, you know, Joe, uh, yeah, he doesn't really have a wife. And, <laughs> and my wife is listening. And I texted him and I said, Sid, you've got to apologize on the air immediately yeah. because I'm in real trouble. Well, that was, uh, Lou, you remember, I mean, I must always say, Joseph Aboud, handsome guy, great guy. By the way, donated a lot of money to great causes. But he's clearly gay living this lie because no one's ever seen a picture of his wife. Well, Yet he's got two gorgeous daughters. I've seen them. She was probably not listening those days. She, was, she, <laughs> believe me, she, uh, she wouldn't listen to Imus. Yeah. She wouldn't listen. But you now know, she won't listen to me. No, right? no, 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 no you, you know, you get, you're getting another chance. Okay. But it's always been very interesting that when with Sid, when I first met Sid, and you'll appreciate this, you know, he was the sports jock. And to see this transformation, and I know it's always sound like we're blowing smoke. The transformation, Sid, has been unbelievable. It's one of my greatest joys is to see this guy from uh, a Mets jersey shorts and, you know, and now he's wearing. Wait, you were just making fun second. of someone kissing his you-know-what. Yeah, and now, like, something. It's so true. And I'm, because I'm a creative person, I'd love to see evolution. And I'm fascinated by the damn thing. 
An act, I mean, it's just, in a way, I'm a little jealous. Well, but, but I will say this, because you said to me way back when, I always use this with Daniel. How are you doing there, Lou? <laughs> never, uh, Lou loved it. I've never Lou heard the word it. evolution and yeah. sit in the same no, place. True, though. <laughs> He's right. De-evolution. I was going to a party one night, and I put on a jacket. And Daniel said, why are you wearing a jacket? I said, why not? Because you're going to be overdressed. I said, let me explain something to you. Joe Abood once told me, you can never be overdressed but you can certainly be underdressed. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say Always this. Always be overdressed. Yeah, and I'll say this. I am you so are with so you. right. All these other things going on in my career outside of radio, right? All the acting, mm-hmm. the the, the uh, two magazine shoots I did. I've got one coming up and a third. That's all because of the way I dress and what you've done. And the confidence level when I walk into a room now mm-hmm. has skyrocketed from the days where I met, where I was wearing Met t-shirts and shorts. Right. So. The, the, the idea of getting dressed up. We still love up. you with a t-shirt and shorts, though. Yeah, but, but. Oh, we do. Yes. Yeah, we but do. The idea I of think getting, you got to be able to rock both. The idea of getting dressed up means that you're, you're on your way to some, some real exciting business opportunities has happened in my life. Yeah. I've got the exception to that rule, though. I went back-to-back weddings a couple years ago. And I wore two tuxedos in a row when nobody else wore a tuxedo at these weddings. Andrew, look how you dress. And I felt like an idiot. I mean, come on. And I felt like an idiot. <laughs> oh, let, 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 like let's like get into it. Andrew dresses like prep school, PG year. We've got the collar out. Isn't that life? Isn't that what everything (laughs) is? I thought that's just how life is. What are you talking about? I I don't understand. It's over my head. I'm missing the joke. You will appreciate this. Give it to me. Every day, whether you're the president of the United States or Vladimir Putin, you make a fashion decision as to what you're going to put on. So, if you're going to invade the Ukraine, will I wear a gray suit today, or yeah. will I wear a blue suit? <laughs> right. But let's talk about, about Zelensky. It. Let's talk about his choices when he come. He came to this country asking for resources. He came in his war garb, and he that did. spoke volumes about who you he is as a so leader. On the I love money. him. That's because it's a message. Mm. It's the message you Fashion send. Fashion is a message. Absolutely. So I, I always, I and I, I don't judge. But I always look at what people wear, and they tell me everything. All right, well, so if you're they, doing that, stand up for a second and turn around. Turn around. <laughs> turn around. Turn around. No, no, stand up for a second. Or Phil, take a look at Phil right now. Phil, come over what? here. Yeah, Phil. Take a look at that, and you tell me, when you look at that. What does it say? I love what the look. I love the look. What message look at the face. Is no, I like the face. I think it would be censored. So, you guys, you need to see I, I, this on video. Can everyone, where is the streaming right now? Where, where can people but see you know this on video? But I found that guys do make transformations. At some point, they're all going to have to do something. Well, they're going to have to get to rest. They're going to have to go somewhere. To look human. <laughs> what did I walk into? But, He's going to be called Phyllis. That's that, transformation. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, it, but it is fun. Fashion it, it is fun. fun. It is fun. Fashion is real. And fun. it has made uh, you into this international superstar. Again, this goes back to what we're going to talk about on Friday night. Mm-hmm. But there are so many stories about you, which I can't wait to share with the audience. Mm-hmm. And one of them is your dad. Yeah. And, of course, everybody knows how close I was with my father. I know. Now I've gone two and a half years. God, yeah. I miss him. I know. And uh, the story, and you've done this many times on this show, but it's always worth doing again. Joseph is a diehard Boston Red Sox fan and has become very friendly with a lot of guys from No More Garcia Power yeah. to Ortiz, all these guys. And so was his dad. Uh, but when uh, Joseph was growing up, his dad didn't really have the money, and his dad suffered a very debilitating injury. Yeah, thank and you for remembering. Was, yeah, I do remember all of it. And um, he never got a chance to go to Fenway Park we with his father. We never went together. Right. And then years later, when you enjoyed that great success, and I saw Joseph Abood on Nesson every night, like like Spike Lee at a Nick game, <laughs> there you were throwing out the first pitch at Fenway Park, and you said, Amazing. what, dear pop? I said, Dad, 
we finally made it to Fenway. Wow, and awesome. they put his name back up on the, on the jumbo truck. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, and it said, um, in memory of Joe Abood, a lifelong Red Sox fan. Yeah. That is so much nicer than the last thing that somebody said to my father. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you say that when after 9 11, mm-hmm. Rudy went to the stadiums all over the world yes. and took Andrew with him all the yeah. time. Yeah. And it didn't matter where he went, even Boston. You would yeah. think Boston, they would kill him. No, rounds, round of applause. Yeah. The only city in the United States that gave Rudy and Andrew, he's a little boy at the time, a tough time. Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, those we oh, my gosh. We saw they, those. They fans. called yeah. me exactly what Curtis Lewa gave to <laughs> Sid in the last one. It seems like you yeah. are as well, Joe. Oh, my God. But oh the my Boston God. people were very nice. And Boston people, for the most part, are very nice. Well, of course let, they are. Well, let me tell you. And Fenway is a great place. He, I just renewed my just tickets. Just Bucky Dent. And, 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 <laughs> right. and, and by the way, Sid knows I ran into Bucky Dent not too long ago at Fenway. The nicest guy you yeah. could meet. He's the, a great guy. Really, yeah. And he was at Fenway, and he was really welcome. That yeah. was a great Super Bowl commercial where they had the Sam Adams guy yes. talking about Boston being friendly. Yes. That was one of the better yeah. Super Bowl But can I tell you, when I wear a Red Sox zip-up into mm-hmm. Yankee territory, not so friendly. It's a little dangerous. Not so friendly. It's, I've always no, but why are you wearing a Red Sox? Are you from Boston? I'm from Worcester. Worcester is like, I didn't like, realize that. Die hard. Die hard. Red I didn't know Sox you were from territory. Massachusetts. I didn't know that. Oh, and by the way, that, that, that's right stupid. I think I might have to get a tattoo. It is spelt W-O-R-C-E-S. What says Worcester about that? It's Worcester. Worcester. Why do you people speak A dollar twenty-five, please. Does anyone remember that? Do you remember that? Oh, my God. No, I don't. All I can say is when you... And the other thing, too, you know, when you talk about the rivalry between Boston and New York and sports, after the bombing, and I was at the game the day of the bombing on Patriots Day. Patriots Mm -hmm. Day, as you know, is always played, the game is always played around 11.05. And they time it so that the marathon and the leaders come through just about the end of the game. Right. And, uh, of course, I was there, and I was walking towards... The finish line when we heard the explosion. Did you hear it? You heard it yourself? Oh, we heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought because it was Patriots Day yeah. that right. there were cannons and all of that. Right. You thought maybe it was like fireworks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the crowds reversed and we started moving back. You're lucky you didn't get arrested that day. Well, like you right. almost did after 9 11. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but true. what I do want to say about the Yankees is I think one of the games immediately thereafter, they played Sweet Caroline yeah. in the seventh inning. And I have to tell you, I got That's a tear cool. in my eye because that was. The in, most incredible respect and consideration, Yankees. yeah, and I and I love that moment. I really love. Well, oh, they that play moment. that song there, like we play uh, Frank Sinatra, That's right. New York, New York, That's here right. at uh, right. Yankee Stadium. That's so, right. is there something you think you'll share on Friday night that people don't know about you? You know, I think I'll share a lot of the, I think the trials and tribulations. Yeah. As opposed, you know, it sounds like a glamorous world. It does sound that It's way. not. It's rough. It is. It's, it's rough. tough. It's yeah. a tough world. We don't even pretend to like each other in the designer world. Right. We yeah. don't. But we you, don't, you have don't. told me that men are still better than women. When you, in other words, for a couple of years, you did women's clothing. Yeah. And we you said they were like animals. Well, yeah. I think dealing with the younger male professional models was much easier than dealing with a lot of the female talent. The female models are just hungrier. Well, I think Literally. they are. I, <laughs> yeah, Have a burger. Yes, yes. But, I, but, it, but, but, the, but, the, but the models that we use, the guys, and you've been at a number of my shows. Oh, so Great cool. guys to work with, handsome yeah. guys. Yeah. And I've always wanted to use them as canvas to show what beautiful clothes could look like on guys. Because I want guys to be beautiful. I want them to be handsome. And I want them to present themselves well. Well, and let's do this. Wanted. 
Uh, one to ten. Ten being they look great. No, one no. being they look awful. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. Good. Here we go. <laughs> Five. Joe Biden. Are you saying ten is the best? Ten is the best. Ten is you. Joe dresses well. End of story. Seven, six. I would say six and a half. Donald Trump. Five. Five. I what, love he's Donald. fat. No, it's the his ties tie? have you always like the long been. He doesn't like the long tie. Been, long. And I, I try to long. get to him and say, you know. Big guys think they have to wear bigger clothes. Yeah. That's wrong. Wrong. So it almost makes you look bigger. Mm. Uh, Sid Rosenberg. The, Sid Rosenberg. Thank Sid you. Rosenberg's uh, 12 and a half. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, Andrew Giuliani. Can we take this Andrew is probably going to be a five on his way to an eight. Okay. <laughs> you know, I am the only one in the room. I don't know about Heather over here. That was on a best dress list. Right. No, that was. Well, no, he was. Yes. On the Daily well, News on Thursday. When, on. His favorite when, when you Andrew puts on. on a suit, he looks great. He looks president. He looks nice today. He looks so cute. Do you like this outfit or no? no. I, I do. Thumbs I do. Thumbs down. But, but, Thumbs down. No, Thumbs no, down? But here's the thing. The matching I think you hit it right on that. It's very preppy. Very preppy. Very preppy. And a lot of guys. You look like you're about to murder a bartender somewhere in the lower middle. No, no, no. Now you ruined my afternoon. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Thanks a lot. Well coordinated. Well coordinated with your shirt and your sweater. Oh, thank you. And you're wearing the collar just the way you should just wear the, the collar. Just the right way? Yeah. Just the right way. Two more. What about on the female side, Heather? She's a beautiful lady. I mean, Heather is. 10 plus. 10 plus. Yeah. And then who was the one person that, two people, we'll wrap it up here. The one person you met, you were surprised how good they looked when they were dressed. And the person you met that you were like, wow, I'm disappointed. Well, I think it's the actors. I'm trying to think, uh, or baseball players. It's funny. We talked about David Ortiz. Love him. David's got a lot of style. He's eccentric. He he's very eccentric. That he's a lot out of there. He's, he, he really said step up. I do have a huge pet peeve, though. I can't watch these guys on the NFL today with their nice jackets, and then they've got giant sneakers on. The stupid. sneaker thing is stupid. dead. I know. And they don't know ESPN how to, does it too. They it's stupid. don't know how to do it. So they've got these very skinny pants. They've got a tailored tight jacket, and they've got giant Mickey Mouse sneakers on. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's stupid. just it's such a I bad I, I, I know. I went to a wedding in, in, Monto- in uh, Montauk years yeah. ago. And the whole bridal party, the men were wearing suits and sneakers. And then I was like, that's cute. I go, it's not cute. It's stupid. It is stupid. And the difference between men and women, women know how to use a trend or dress for a trend. Men are Neanderthals. They have no. If someone says you can wear sneakers with a suit, it's any suit and any sneaker. And that's not the case. Can I say my wife is the most stylish person I know? Well, you're very lucky. I am. She's amazing. (laughs) She's, She's listening right now. No, because women, that's women have a huge that's impact. My, that's how I say happy Valentine's Day. Well, you said you have to do nice things. Yeah. Right? There yeah. you go. There so you I'm go. listening but, to Heather. But having a great woman in your life, helping you with you know boyfriends yeah. and, and, and all of that, that's having great important. women yeah. really help. I, I have one more person I want to ask about. Curtis Lee with 1 to 10 style. Uh, unique and individual. <laughs> There's no number that <laughs> I'll find Curtis good, other no than his number. red hat. You're ready um, to be a candidate with an answer <laughs> like that. That's a good political answer. Uh, uh, unique Very good. Uh, listen, Friday night. Now, this is not open to the public, right? Uh, I think you. there are still probably some seats available. It's free. Wow. And it's you can go online at thenationalartsclub.com. It's a beautiful. It's at 15 Gramercy Park South. A beautiful building. It's an intimate setting. And I think it'll be I think it'll be very personal as you and I've had those personal discussions yeah. about family and career and 
the things that have been challenging. Loss of a dad. Sure. Well, I can't wait to do it. I'm honored that you asked me to do it. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. You know, a lot of really important people, so I love you to pieces. Thank you so much. I'll see you Friday night. All right, baby. All you. right, that's the great Joseph Abood. More to do, including Sitch Take and Joe Johnson here on Valentine's Day on Sid and Friends in the morning. Deeper than the deep blue seas, that's how deep it goes, if it's real. When somebody knew... 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. on my list, Hall and Oates. 929 on your Valentine's Day Tuesday. What a great show. Andrew Giuliani, two great days in a row. Heather Monahan has been tremendous today. All of our guests have been great. Bo Deedle did check in. He's right about this. He's a very, very well-dressed man. I'm not giving him over me, but he says Bo Deedle is and has been the best-dressed twice in New York Times. That is true. Times Magazine, Bo Deedle voted twice the best-dressed man. He's right there, me, him, and, and a few others. Anyway, we've got some good Valentine's Day stories uh, all throughout the day. You'll hear them all day long right through John Katzmatidi's show. This gentleman, Joe Johnson, has a great Valentine's Day story. Got about three or four minutes. Joseph, uh, happy Valentine's Day. How are you, pal? Uh, good. Said the same to you. Good morning. Where are you calling us from? Uh, I live in Bud Lake, New Jersey. Bud Lake, New Jersey. Very nice. Okay. Uh, give us uh, your Valentine's Day story. And by the way, congratulations. You got yourself a $200 gift card to Empire Steakhouse. That's my guy, Jack, right across the street. Him and Chaz Palmateri. It's a great steakhouse. You get a car to pick you and your wife up, bring you two to Empire Steakhouse, a day of your choosing. And before you go to Empire Steakhouse, they will come to the studio. You guys will for a tour. So a studio tour, a steak dinner at Empire Steakhouse. All compliments of us here at WABC. So congrats, Joe Johnson, and give us your beautiful Valentine's Day story. Oh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, my, uh, I had to write in. My Valentine I just wrote is a strong, beautiful, intelligent woman who I've had the privilege to be married to for the last 14 years. And our story is unique with many highs and horrific lows, uh, but two things keep us together and strong, and that's our never-ending deep love for each other. We met our freshman year in high school in 1998. We were both 18 years old. Uh, after two years of dating, she kicked me to the curb, wanted something else, I guess. So with my broken heart, I joined the Marine Corps and got shipped off to Iraq. She continued with school, and unbeknownst to me at the time, she was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis at the age of 20. So I wouldn't speak with her until 2014, and my mother passed away, and I uh, was single parent mom raising two boys. She passed away, and somehow my wife heard and uh, got in touch with me. She wrote me a letter, and uh, 
I believe with all my heart to this day that my mother had something to do with that. So she writes me a letter. We get back together. We're, we're talking. I'm like, hey, we're going to pick up right where we left off. We catched up on everything. She told me about sclerosis diagnosis and work and her relationships and school. And I talked to her about the Marines and finishing college and my mother. And I thought we were going to get back together. And she ghosted me again. This is This girl just kept breaking my heart. So... I wouldn't hear again from her until 2006 when uh, out of nowhere she called me. I said she's not getting away this time. So I proposed to her. We got married October 4th, 2008. And on our honeymoon, we found out we were pregnant. And uh, we were blessed with a baby boy. We named him Joseph Johnson. And then before I knew it, his sister was here. So we had two kids. We named her Madeline, and she was born in 2011. We felt I'm blessed. And then in November, right before Thanksgiving of 2011, we got terrible news that uh, Joey got diagnosed with cancer. And it was uh, brain cancer. So our world just shattered. It was a difficult, difficult time in our life, obviously. And our marriage, you know, I had tons of questions in my head. If he could survive and would our love survive this? Was our family cursed? Did we do something to cause this? All that stuff runs through your head. And then uh, during the time with Joey being sick, it was about a year and a half, and we got pregnant again. And a weird part of my brain was, you know, if Joey doesn't make it, I, we can't have a child. So we tried for another one. She looks at me, and she gets pregnant. We had another one, and uh, her due date was Joey's birthday, May 20th, of 2013. And right when I was in the hospital and gave birth to our third child, Joey passed away. So we saw him take his first breath and his last breath and he died at home with us, holding him on the couch. And we decided to name the last child after him, Josephine. And uh, we always knew that God would help us through that time. And he did. And uh, we knew that Josie was a gift from God. So Joey left. And uh, she came a month early from her due date. So as soon as that happened, Joy had passed. And uh, we, we we worked through that. And then um, due to that, Michelle had a rough time with her MS, and that started to get worse. And she ended up in a wheelchair, and she's still in a wheelchair today. She's been that way for about five years now. And, you know, people always look – when I tell the story that, uh, oh, my God, how, how do you guys make it and this and that, we feel nothing but blessed. You know, I'm, I was honored and privileged to be Joey's dad, and Michelle's honored and privileged to be her, his mother. And we have the love of the three, uh, four of us, and Joey lives on with us, and we wake up every day blessed and happy. And she's a big part of that. She's worked so hard with her life, and uh, she's in a wheelchair, like I said, and she struggles with things, but. You know, she started her own business. She wrote a book. She likes helping people. And to me, that just blows my mind away. This is one of the reasons why I married her. She just, she puts other people's feelings and thoughts and wanting to help other people ahead of herself. And she lost her son. She's in a wheelchair and she can cry pity, pity, but she doesn't do that. So she's amazing. I, I just love her to death. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That is uh, quite a story. She does sound amazing to Heather's point. You're amazing too, Joseph. And of course, uh, all of us, me, Heather, Andrew, the whole crew, hearts go out to your son, Joey, who uh, is clearly looking down right now, very proud of you and, and loves you. 
And uh, we wish you a, a happy Valentine's Day. With Throat to Death, you got a $200 gift card. Tempire Steakhouse, my friend Jack, will take very, very good care of you. I know your wife is in a wheelchair. They've got handicapped, accessible cars to take you there. You'll come to the studio, Joe, and you and your beautiful wife will be able to meet me and the whole crew. That'll be fun before your steak dinner. But, listen, all I can say is um, a very inspiring story. You sound like a, uh, a great man, loving man, great husband, great father. And at the end of the day, Joseph, it's not about the job, the money, what you've accomplished in life. It's what you just talked about these last four minutes. So happy Valentine's Day, pal. Yeah. Thanks, Sid. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I just want to give my love out to the McGurk family. You had me on Friday at the break when you uh, gave the breaking news on uh, Bernie being a grandfather. So yeah. that baby's going to be blessed, and he's got uh, an angel up there watching out for him. So that that's great news. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, Colin Bernard McGurk was born last week, 9 pounds, 3 ounces, uh, Bernard's grandson. Congratulations to Carol, Brendan, Jessica, Melanie, the whole crew. And once again, Joseph, Happy Valentine's Day. God bless. Thanks, Sid. Enjoy it with your wife. Take care. You too. Thank you. My God, what an amazing story. story. I love that guy. I just want to hug him and kiss him. I really do. I feel terrible. But he, he's so uh, positive. And, you know, I just, he says my wife could, could just pity and, and cry all day. She doesn't do it. I got to tell you, man, some of these people are better than me. I don't know if I can go through all that. That's and, a wake-up call, though. The, yeah. the first world problems that, you know, we get stuck on. Just for myself, I'm thinking this morning, you know, like, oh, I don't like how my hair... Right, right, Listen, right. That's, a diff- that's a perspective check for me it right It really now. is, right? Because yeah. I know you were, like, nervous about your hair and your makeup, <laughs> and it's such Dumb nonsense. Stuff. Yeah, Dumb it's true. stuff. That is real. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. Now, it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. I have to tell you, it is so much less pervy in this room now that Justin is here and not Phil actually conducting the game. How's huh? How's yeah. Costa Rica, by the way? It was great, Justin. Was nice. Yeah, Do I got you... a little tan. How yeah. happy are you to be back? Just with look us, at though. him; he looks great. Yeah. Very happy. I look fantastic. I'm very <laughs> refreshed. Yeah, I'm not tired at all. Actually, uh, yeah. I must say, you've been a good sport today. Yeah. I mean, after the day of uh, rampaging that you did on Philadelphia. Sunday night and a Monday. Well, you, I, listen, that wasn't me. That wasn't me, Andrew. Yeah, okay, and it was bound to be, it was bound to happen. Yeah, these people were yeah, very upset. Yes, you know. Yeah, it was like what? Kansas City and the refs. By the way, just rained on our parade. Well, what do you think about Bradbury saying that he was a hold? What do you uh, think? About I actually him? saw that on television, and I was screaming at him to just shut his mouth. Yeah, can he even walk anywhere in Philly now that he's? Yeah, because that... because it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like a terrible holding call. Yeah, I mean we all saw it. You watch it frame by frame. Sure, it's a holding call, but. Yeah. Uh, he can't call that there. Yeah. Well, pick, pick up the flag. Yeah. Okay. It, it yeah. is over. Yeah, this is I, a lot he of He asked me about it, Lewis. Okay. Sorry. I'm I don't sorry. know. Let's look at the ring. Yeah. 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 Oh, look at it frame by frame. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Something there. No, it doesn't look like yeah. there. <laughs> anyway, should we get to the game? I don't know. I guess, right? Tuesday installment yeah. of, uh, oh, of right. your uh, Peerless Spoilers Sit Stake Contest. Again, thanks to... 
Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers, you got to go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you because they're America's best built boilers. So we got an old uh, two against one today. Yeah. This She's looking at the question. Are you ready? <laughs> she was I looking was at the question. any way and every way to cheat to win this game. Yeah, that's good. She was looking at the question. Use so the Google how, machine. So how's oh, wait, this going to work? Now, on. Here's your 50 back, Heather. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's been... Yeah, yeah, you're going to ask, and yeah. one of the two of us will ask. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about but it. But it's not like... Now, I don't have to ask the same questions now three times. No, so. no, okay. no you don't have okay. to. Because no, no, we're not going to pay overtime. Right. And that would have been a lot for me. Yeah, exactly. Well, way to set the rules. Yeah. I'm in the big guy's seat. Yeah. Yeah. Where's he going to go when he comes in? By the way, this chair, I feel like a million feet tall in this chair. By the way, there are beautiful women in this studio, which means Sid's going to be rampaging back here around uh, question two, so you should yeah. probably get on. Or he's going to just lose on purpose. <laughs> are you yeah. done yet? You're done yeah. yet? Yeah. 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 All right, here we go. Who's going to take... Are you, I guess you're just free-for-all? Whoever yeah. It's free-for-all. Go! Free for all. Ask the How question. How can't you get this through your skull? I get you're it. You're going to ask it, and one of the two of us will answer. Andrew, my, Andrew, my, Andrew my brain has to re-solidify yeah. from, my, from my week away. My it is very span is... Maybe gash even. Let's go. We learned that in prep school, by the way. All right, it's two for Tuesday. Yeah, prep school, right? Two for Tuesday. We've got a love song special. A love song special. Very nice. My wife is not going to get jealous of this at all. No, of course not. So. Don't go Most on stylish. and view us on the live stream right exactly. now, please. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we got two songs. I'll say the song names. You'll tell me the artist. It's very simple. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Your first two songs are Love and Marriage and You Make Me Feel So Love Young. Love and Marriage. Like that? Uh, I don't know. Yes, I, I know. If you That's a take TV it. show. No, go. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. There you go. Joe Piscopo, I was going to say, but I remembered it's Frank Sinatra. Very good, very good, yeah. very good. All right, one for one. For the win! We're there undefeated! We, uh, yeah. okay. The Heather and Andrew team, one for one here. Uh, Under number two, your, your like two songs. Years. What's going on over there, Lewis? No, everything's you're, fine. You're like a babbling bro. You know, as optimistic as that last guy was who called in who's going to the Empire State Kills, that's the exact opposite of you. You're just topaz. Well, yeah. You're killing me. You're killing me. He's been through enough. He's been through enough. Give me the question. Okay, two songs on number two are I Feel Love and Hot Stuff. I got some hot stuff, baby, this evening. Who sings that song? Do you know who sings that song? some hot stuff. Yeah. Who sings that song? Uh, Where is I think Google? we're at the Google oh, machine. I'm not going to give you the answer. Uh, I don't even know what the two of them are doing. I don't know. <laughs> Pat Benatar. No. No. I know, I know, I know, but I didn't know. I didn't know. The correct answer on that one would be Donna Summer. Oh, Donna Summer. Did you know that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one for two on to number three. Get We're back batting on track 500. I'm you here are batting for five. it. This is good. You That's... are batting 500. Uh, your two songs are number three. Can't Smile Without You and Mandy. I can't smile without oh, you. you. Are you guys just singing? Uh, you guys are just singing. Because so right I know now, the song, but I don't know. I don't know who sings the song. Which is the Andrew? Why did problem. I bring you? Not for your looks. No, definitely <laughs> not. Oh, uh, she, and not she, my she brought Andrew. This, uh, okay, I see. For my wonderful <laughs> yeah. prep, prep boy calendar. Do we have? Guess, uh, do we have a guess? Can't smile with a, any guess. Barry Manilow. Oh my God! <laughs> she's getting fed the answer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How did, you, how did that happen? I don't care how you come up with it. We play to win. Okay, that's fine. I'll take it, I guess. I'll, I'll take it because it, it, would, it would take like twice the amount of energy to go back and not take it. Fine, just I'm not about that. All right, two for three. On to number four. Number four. Your two songs are Crazy in Love and Beyonce. There you go. I mean, very yeah. nice. Very nice. Thank you. It is common courtesy to let the host finish the question. But <laughs> You're not fine. Sid. No, that's true. That's true. You haven't deserved the courtesy. <laughs> you, you think right. you've earned. Three for four. On to number five. A good performance thus far. 
Yes. Let's close it out here with a correct answer. Your two songs, When I Was Your Man and Just the Way You Are. Just, just the way you are. It's your modern day Michael Jackson. I love you just the way. What do we say? Any guess? Mm-hmm. You should Modern know. day MJ. Modern day Michael Jackson. That's kind of like the, that's like the comparison. Was that, just, your, was that your hint? Just that mean, was kind of a pedophile. Oh. Like uh, is the guy like called in before? No, no, he's not a pedophile. It's not, not, not that we know. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a guess. If you don't, you don't make a guess. <laughs> Are you? Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. <laughs> Michael Jackson. I don't know who sings that. Bruno Mars. Oh, Bruno Mars. There you go. He was a halftime show guy. I should have had that one. Yeah, he was a halftime show guy. Yeah, halftime show guy. All right. So what's going to happen now? Yeah, somebody's got to get there. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. Bye bye. We're. I mean, we've got a full house in here. How'd they do? Andrew's late. For they did test. good. They went three for five. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, We're running out of time here. We are running out of time. Let's go. We got a, we got about a couple minutes here. Yeah, Your on. two songs on number one. Yep. Love and marriage, and you make me feel so young. Why do you say it with that like really creepy, sexy, <laughs> weird voice, your eyes and stuff? God, you're a weirdo. And it's still so much less oh, creepy without Phil in this studio. I know. That's the thing. Uh, no Frank Sinatra. Really. There you go. Joe Fisk. Don't make any faces. Like this, just weed. Like, Everything I do, I, I learn from you. How do you <laughs> I mean, about cheating and listening even, out there? Even the way he's doing No, we I don't, don't cheat. Know. I don't cheat, no. Even the way I'm sitting. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. I don't care if I win or lose. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't. <laughs> not, not when you're wearing that jacket. Even the way you sit. You're sitting like I'm sitting exactly like This is like single white female with boys. It's honestly Weird. a little bit. It's a little bit concerning. <laughs> it is. It's getting, yeah. getting worse yeah. too. It's getting worse. And then I was just away. I gotta get. I gotta get away again. My God. Number All two. Right, number two. I feel love and hot stuff. Yeah, that's uh, Donna Summer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, He's cheating. He's got to be cheating. Two for two. I don't cheat. Never cheat. I'm in a legitimately cheat. soundproof studio in there. Never cheat. That's true. On to number three. Trying to stay perfect. Can't smile without you. And Barry Mandy. Oh, there come you on. Go. Hey, now. Uh, he's good. He's got his That's my favorite. You were even yeah. too quick there he for this. Yeah. He's a trivia game at home. Something's um, Barry's all wrong. my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And they were three, lovers. Yeah. Three for three. Your uh, two songs are number four. Crazy in Love and Drunk in Love. No shot. No, uh, I got this. I got it. I got it. Okay. Heather had this one. Jay Z and Beyonce. Oh. Oh, wait a second. Was Jay Z in there? Oh, they said no, crazy, crazy in love. Beyonce, oh, was Jay Z in there? Though? Yeah, Jay Z is on one. Yeah, he is on there. Jay Z is on crazy in love. Yeah, we'll he is. Yes, yes, I, yes, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I, I never Name heard of the other Jay-Z song. Jay Z isn't on. Yeah, he produces yeah. all their stuff anyway. Who cares? By the way, he looks—he <laughs> looks so horrible with that long yeah, yeah, hair. Yeah. Yeah. And the Tiffany's ad, the whole yeah, yeah it's not good. Uh, just I'm terrible. Just, I'm terrible. 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 <laughs> just terrible. One more. And number five, when I was your man, and just the way you are. Oh, just the way you are is Billy Joel. I don't know. What, uh, hold on, I'm not going to answer that yet because it's. Uh, um, you just got a text, by the way, Andrew. Your beautiful wife and daughter popped up. Uh, um, he's, a, he's a modern day pop. Star. That's how he's cheating. Oh, Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno go. Mars. There you go. There you yeah. Go. yeah, I know. Uh, that's not fair because he gave it away. You already won the game, though. You already won the game. I know, but I, would, I, I went with Billy Joel first. <laughs> I know. But I, I hate I, I to just, lose. This sucks. Well, yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, it's the music day. It's a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. He's you know, the music man. I'm a music man. I love my music. He's the music. Come back. Excellent job, as always, Justin. We'll come back and wrap things up on this Valentine's Tuesday with me, Andrew, and Heather right after this. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
Now, this is the Just The Way You Are thong, a song I thought you were talking about, not the Bruno Mars Just The Way You Are. You know who's in town? The one of it you were running the board yet. Alexandro Vigno. Taste of Vigno. She, um, she's a young actress, and she did a whole interview with me. I remember. You were here then? Yeah, I was here. And then it turns out, Louis, she's actually Harvey Weinstein's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. And she's like, I'm in town. I'm like, okay, Sounds if you right. come in and talk about Harvey, you can you can come back in or else I'm not all that interested in the acting career. So you were here then, Louis, huh? Yeah, because I remember the, that uh, that was the page, too, of Taste of Taste of Vino. Vino. That's her Instagram, yeah. Yes. Pretty hot, right? Well, um, <laughs> some, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys were, uh, were great today. Uh, Andrew, one more time, like 30 seconds the biggest political story of the day, and we'll talk about it again mm-hmm. tomorrow, but uh, it's good because you really have a yeah. personal feeling about this, and it ain't a great one. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley, going to run for president. How good is that? Not a fan. Not a fan <laughs> at all. And I'll say it again. When she left the Trump administration on October 9th of 2018, just a few weeks before the midterms, to me, she jumped the ship. There's a time to do that, and that was just a month later. She didn't have to wait a year. She had to wait a month, basically. Wait until the day after the midterms, and then you would not have abandoned Trump. But I think she did the typical political thing, which was, I want to be able to go out there if Trump is not popular and say, I left this administration, I made a statement. But if he is popular, say, I spent almost two yeah, years in this administration. Ways, yeah. I think she's a flip-flopping politician, and I'm not a fan of No love, uh, love lost between uh, Trump and her either, just like uh, just like you. What do you do, Heather Monahan, the rest of today here in New York City? Can I give my most important story of the day? Sure. Yeah. When Andrew got up and went to the bathroom, I asked oh, everybody no. that was left back in here, I said, guys, am I being too hard on him? You know, the whole PG prep school oh, thing. stop. And guess what he came back and told me? Chris Farley imitated him true. when he was seven years SNL. old. This man can SNL. take the yeah. heat. So I just want to give <laughs> yeah. mad props to him. Well, you, you may well, see some nasty stuff on the internet because people get like uh, stupid and carried away. And they're like, she shouldn't talk to Andrew like that. And I go, no, that's exactly what she should do. Yeah. That's why she's a good radio personality. <laughs> Wait, I didn't look. <laughs> and then Andrew comes back and Andrew's uh, he can handle himself uh, really, really, really well. Really well, well. What really helped us, it wasn't the bathroom, it was the WABC safe space that I went into. <laughs> cried for about two minutes and Curtis Lee yeah. slapped me across the yeah. face and get him over it. Man. That's true. What, uh, what are you doing today? You're I'm flying you home. I'll be back right in the show? a couple hours later. Yeah. Are That's we going it. to lunch after? Uh, if Andrew's buying. Andrew? Am I, am I buying? Or <laughs> I, I, I think this is when I have to say I'm going home to my wife because it is Valentine's Day, the most husband. stylish guy. Yeah, by the way, my wife should, stayed home today, too. We should so. have lunch at some point. Yeah, Absolutely. I have to run home to My wife also stayed, uh, stayed home today, yeah. so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, great job today. What time are you buying the flowers? Uh, 10.06. <laughs> <laughs> Macedonia, Phil, thank you for building my bonsai plant. Great job today. Great to have Justin Ellick back today. It was really great. Noam Layton, excellent job today. Deb Valentine. And, of course, Heather Monahan. What's the name of the book? Overcome Your Villains. And you can get that? Everywhere books are sold. HarperCollins. And how is the book selling? It's doing well? Doing really well. Not as well as yours, but doing pretty well. <laughs> you probably doing better than mine. And uh, Andrew, you're back again Is that next Monday, right? Next Monday, Tuesday. We'll do another belly to belly and back to back. You're on your way to uh, Mar-a-Lago to see the president we'll on Thursday? Mar-a-Lago. I'll send him and Chung your best. There you go. Well, you're going to be in Mar-a-Lago. She's going to be in Miami Beach. We're not too far not from too far away. I'm going to take the Bright Line and come right see you. There come you go. The Bright Line's good. Love oh, it. I heard about the that. The best. It's amazing. You guys can meet at uh, Prime 112 or Prime Italian. There Prime Seep would have a nice dinner down there in Miami. Thank you to Heather and Andrew. We have a Big show coming up tomorrow. Jennifer Harrison will co-host the show for most of the morning. Peter King will be here. Gordon Shang. And don't forget Mayor Eric Adams coming up on Friday. Bo Deedle and Bill O'Reilly coming up with the judge on Thursday. So until tomorrow at 6 a.m., 
Happy Valentine's Day, folks, from all of us on Sid and Friends in the Morning to all of you. Peace! I knew I came.